Hey everybody, it's Steven Jensen and Jesse Davin, and we're gonna be talking about AEW Double or Nothing today. Because it was a I thought it was a pretty awesome show, and so did Jesse. So, if you have anything you want to talk about in the chat today that you want if you want a uh, question read or answered, a statement read, want to be a part of the show, you wanna get involved, super chat's the best way to do that because we are going to probably have a hard time keeping up with the chat. We expect it to be probably pretty busy today, and we really appreciate everybody for, um, you know, joining the chat and talking and the discussion. But, you know, we expect this show to be pretty uh, pretty heavy chat-wise because there's probably a lot of opinions out there about the show last night. So if you want us to dive deep on your question or statement, Super Chat is the best way to do that. We make sure to always dive deep on those. Uh, before we get started on Double or Nothing, Jesse, how are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. What a great show. That was freaking amazing. I just want to say it was so needed. I think the entire wrestling community needed a distraction from just all of the horrible, horrible, sad, tragic things that have been happening lately, not in just the world, but in our community in general. Uh, so I'm really happy about that. I'm really thankful and grateful. Um, we're supposed to have a beach day today, but it got rained out, so that's okay. Um, so we're here, we're talking, so how are you? I'm doing great. Um, me and, uh, me and Jesse were talking a little bit before the stream, uh, but for those of you watching now, uh, yeah, yesterday I went and, uh, did some boxing with my brother over at Steel Boxing and Athletics, so got a good, uh, good boxing workout in the morning, then at night, uh, me, my brother, and two of our friends, uh, watched Double or Nothing together, and it was a lot of fun, because obviously I'm a hardcore wrestling fan, I have another friend who's a hardcore wrestling fan that was there, and then my brother and my other friend I'd consider to be basically casual fans, um, if not, like, less than casual fans, so mm -hmm. wide array of, yeah, perspectives, of, uh, perspectives, exactly, um, which, uh, which I think added to the show, too, because um, we'll talk about it, but there were certain things that, like, my friend who's, like, especially a casual fan, I guess, um, the stuff that he popped for, I thought was really interesting. Like Really? We, well, I mean, like, it kind of expected, but, like, you, you'll, we'll talk about it, but it was, it was interesting getting his perspective of the show and being like, I wonder what he's gonna like, because, you know, fresh eyes, like, pretty much completely fresh eyes, so, like, there's, like, no bias or anything going into it, it's just, like, what he saw, which, um, yeah, yeah, so we'll talk about that, but, yeah, overall, I thought the show was really good, um, I know that you enjoyed it as well. Mm-hmm, yeah, definitely, a little bit long, a little bit long, there were some matches that I don't think were necessary, um, on the pay-per-view, however, um, it did not take away from how fantastic the entire thing was, so, yeah. Yeah. Let us know in the chat what you thought about the show. Well, whether you super chat or not, like, we'll try to keep an eye on, um, you know, you know, obviously the big kind of questions that I would have for people watching the show would be, as me and Jesse go through the card match by match, like, do you think that the right person won? Uh, like, were you happy with the result, upset with the result? What did you think about the actual match? Do you think it was a good match, a bad match? It was kind of a man match? That, like, didn't you kind of need to... Man match. A man match. Mammoth. You know, let us know where you think things are headed. You know, when we're talking about these matches, like, what do you think is next for the winners? What do you think is next for the losers? Like, I'm really interested to hear what everybody thinks because, 
the majority of this show um, was, like, in our prediction uh, live chat, I talked about how pretty much the whole show, I wanted somebody to win, but was predicting the opposite to win. Mm-hmm. Much all the people I wanted to win won their matches. Yeah. So, like, I was really happy about that. I wasn't mad that my predictions were wrong. There was no WrestleRumble.com uh, entries, uh, contest entries or anything up for grabs. So, like, you know, low low risk predictions. But, uh, but yeah. Um, is there anything you want to talk about before we just jump into reviewing the matches? Um, I think we should probably, um, I'll save, like, my little piece on Hana um, till the end. Um, I'd, I'd like to get into the review first because it makes me happy, so... Yeah, I'm uh, I'm good with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, I can say this, like in general, um, there wasn't really like, like we said in the uh, review or in the predictions, uh, we really want this person to win, but we think this person's gonna win, like the opposite person. It makes sense for this person to win, but a lot of these we were like, and we'll get into like in detail, but no one really looked bad in their loss if that makes any sense. Like, there wasn't really a loss where you're like, ooh, gosh. Except for, like, one. Except for one, which we'll get into. Yeah. Uh, I know which one you're talking about. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think everyone does. There was, like, everybody looked good in their losses. No one came out looking like a fool, save that one. So I think that was very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's jump into it. I got the matches right here. So, um, we can just start at the top of the card and work yeah. the main event. Um, first up, we had the best friends, Chuck and Trent, defeating Private Party. Match went 15 minutes long, and best friends is now the number one contenders for the tag team titles. Jesse, what do you think about this match, and what do you think about the best friends as the number one contenders? I'm okay with best friends being number one contenders. Um, of course, they have that Orange Cassidy element, which always makes it interesting. And I think, you know, if you're not going to have him being the number one contender for the TNT championship or anything, I feel like having him be beside the number one contenders for the tag team championships is fine. Um, it was a little sloppy. There were a couple things you could see. I think it was, was it Trent getting like visibly frustrated a couple times with a few of the botches. However, it was still fun. It was an opening match. Um, it was a pre-show match. So I'm not mad at it. It was fun. Um, love Private Party. Would like to see them more on TV. Um, but it makes sense the Best Friends won because they've been on TV. They've been having matches a lot more than Private Party has. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, I was surprised... Um... I guess by the amount of botches. It, yeah. From my perspective, it seemed like it was mostly on private party. Like, the... But, I mean, I could be wrong, but I just remember when I was watching it last night, I just kind of remember thinking, like... Oh, it was... I was actually surprised that they kind of... kind of were exposed like that a little bit, because... Yeah. They've had such incredible matches in AEW, especially against the Young Bucks in that, like, inaugural tag team uh, tournament. Like, they pretty much worked flawlessly against, you know, like, the best tag team. In my opinion, the Young Bucks are probably the best tag team in the world currently. So, like, you know, I hadn't really seen that at a private party yet as far as, like, that amount of, of what seemed like botches on their end. Um, and part of that, too, 
is is another reason why I was really glad to see Best Friends win. Like, I already wanted them to win. A lot of that had to do just solely because I'm a very big fan of uh, Chuck and Trent, like, separately or as a tag team. I think the two guys are really entertaining. I like how they don't take themselves seriously, like, social media and stuff. Like, they're relatable guys. They're just, like, goofy, funny dudes, like, that have really good matches consistently. Um, Literally the only... And personally, I like it as a fan, but it's... You see a guy, because, like, I'm a, once again, I'm a very big fan of Chuck Taylor, but you see a guy like Trent Beretta, and it's like, or Trent, question mark, whatever his name is. <laughs> like, you see that guy, and you're like, man. Like, because he has, like, the look, the everything. Like, he, like, like Trent looks like a main event dude for, like, does. in my opinion. Chuck, Chuck could be as well. He just doesn't have, like, the same physical presentation as, you know, you know, Trent's got, like, a eight pack or 12 pack yeah yeah he just looks like he's shredded he's a total total athlete does really good moves like i really like his move set um so like i'm really happy to see the two of them get the win and i really hope that hangman and kenny hold on to the titles and that that we get best friends versus hangman and kenny because i think that match would be incredible face versus you don't even need don't even need a heel team just have a, just another great tag team match. There's so much potential with this. It makes sense. I completely agree. Um, I love. It is an interesting dynamic that they have. I absolutely love it. And, and to and to kind of piggyback what you were saying um, about you know private party just being shocked that they were so there were so many mistakes. You know, I I feel like like this whole quarantine thing kind of has to do with it. They haven't been wrestling on TV, and it's not like they're out in the indies or out doing, like, other shows or anything right now. They're not actually wrestling. So I, I have a feeling that has something to do with it. Uh, have they been on uh, AEW Dark at all? I don't know if they've been on Dark. I know they've been on Being the Elite, but that's, you know, that's a different thing, obviously. Like, yeah. Uh, like, Peter Davies in the chat uh, says they seem to be getting blown up, which I... I saw. I, I was thinking that as well, and so were the people I was watching the show with. I don't know how hot it was when they were, because I, I think they taped all those matches. I don't know how much of that was live. No, I think the actual pay-per-view was live, but I think this, the Stampede match was filmed the night before. Right, that was definitely pre-taped for sure. Yeah, I th- yeah. think you're right. I think that that's how they did it as well, where it was, because I don't know why they would have left some of the botches in had, they, had it not been live. But if it was, you know, if all these matches were live last night, um, aside from the Stampede, of course, I think it was like eighty something degrees, probably. Like it was humid. Yeah, so like I could understand cardio not being there like it normally would be for a lot of the talent having to work outside in that kind of heat and humidity. Like I gotta give them a little credit for um, or a little uh, leeway for that. Like it's. Because Private Party's offense is based so much on, like, speed and, like, getting in the right place at the right time. And, like, and if your cardio isn't what it normally is, some of those kicks might be a little lazy. And, like, that's that's kind of where it was happening. It was, like, one of the guys would, like, go for, like, a kick or something and, like, not get their leg up all the way or, like, be able to, like, to hold it in the right spot so the guy could catch, you know, his opponent could catch it or something. And it just looked kind of sloppy. So I could, uh... Uh, someone said something about an echo. Yeah, let me, uh, let me see if I can fix that on, uh, 
I'll, I'll do my best. La, 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 la. If the echo continues to happen, please continue to let me know in the chat because I will keep trying to fix it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's where I'm at on that match. I thought it was a really solid match aside from, you know, private party looking a little bit sloppy, but aside from that, great, great opener, uh, for the pre-show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on, a great opener for the paper. Uh, we had the casino mat, the casino ladder match, uh, for the number one contendership to the AEW title where Brian Cage was the mystery entrant, and he was accompanied by Taz, which is very interesting. It looks like Taz is going to be managing Brian Cage, which uh, which I like a lot. I really, really like how AEW has continuing to incorporate these former wrestlers as managers. Yes. Their talent. So it's a nice uh, way that to say we're passing the torch. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it gives it gives the the casual viewer immediate like credibility of that performer. Like like my friend, for instance, last night had never seen Brian Cage before. And obviously right when he saw him at first he's like, dude, that guy is you know yeah. the first thing you say is like roids. <laughs> right. But then after that you're like, Roids or not, that's a large muscular I mean that guy is yeah. Huge. Um, they have a performer on AEW called Big Swole. Um, you know, the, the female performer. When I, when I hear the name Big Swole, I think of, like, that. Like, that, yeah. that's Big Swole that's right swole. there. That's yeah. Um, yeah. Oof. Monster. Obviously, I'm very familiar with Brian Cage's work, especially when he yeah. had an impact as long as he was and cover all those shows for, for Fightful's Weekender. Like, so, I'm... I'm very knowledgeable on Brian Cage, but my friend, aside from you know Brian Cage's physical appearance, you know he immediately is like, oh yeah, he's with Taz, like because he knew Taz back when you know ECW and, and WWF and stuff. So like, even the casual audience, even if they don't watch AEW and they have no idea who Brian Cage is, they might remember Taz from back in the day and be like, oh, I remember Taz being a badass. Like if Taz is endorsing this guy, this guy's probably badass also. So. Mm-hmm. I think that's really smart. Um, he's the new number one contender, which is wild. His first match in AEW gets the number one contendership. Uh, defeats Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Joey Janela, who was a replacement for Ray Phoenix, who got injured on Dynamite. Uh, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, who had Penelope Ford with him. Uh, Frank Kazarian and Luchasaurus. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed this match. I thought the actual match type was brilliant. Um, it's yes. like the Royal Rumble style ladder match. We've never really seen that before. Um, I would imagine they'll continue to use that because uh, the response, at least from what I've seen, has been incredibly positive. Um, love the match. Love the spots. Uh, it would take way too long to go over all that, but really, really great stuff from everybody involved. Um, when I was talking about my buddy popping for people, he loved Orange Cassidy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is like, that's when you know it, it works. You know, when like a guy who doesn't watch the show, who has no idea what's going on, sees this dude, basically, he had seen him in Atlanta when we all went to the show together, but that's all he had seen, and all he did was, like, one thing on the outside during that Atlanta show. He didn't have a match or anything. So this is the first time he's really seen Orange Cassidy, and he was, he was like, this is the best, like, he was legitimately laughing his ass off sitting there watching him. Like, the first thing Orange Cassidy does is walk to the announce table, and he's like, 
how do you win this match? <laughs> I know, and I love how he took forever to walk to the ring, and they just kept playing his song. I thought he was going to go that full two minutes. Me too. I thought that would have been funny. Yeah, I thought it was great. Like, that whole thing where he, like, couldn't set up the ladder and, like, couldn't reach the ladder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was brilliant. Brilliant. That whole match was brilliant. Darby doing the... The... So wicked... Yes, on the ladder. Jesus. Yeah, so I loved it. I'm not... I'll, I'll be completely honest. I'm not huge on Brian Cage winning the match. Maybe yeah. because, you know, it's his first match. I mean, you're, you've given him immediate credibility. Like, I, I don't... I don't hate that, but... And I think that him versus Moxley is an interesting matchup, and I think it's another good matchup that Moxley can win and keep looking impressive. Um, but there's also, like, you know... Obviously, I had chosen Darby to win the match, but, you know... there's I think, like, there's other people that have, like, really put their time in an AEW and, like, kind of deserved it more than Brian Cage, but I... I don't hate Brian Cage winning. What did you What did you think about uh, Cage winning the match? Uh, you know the match itself and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So I I loved it. I thought it was a great match. There were a lot of fun spots. The Marco stunt one with the little ladder. At first, at first I was like, mm, like him getting on that little ladder to slap. Who did he <laughs> slap? Who did he slap? I can't. I I remember it happening. Kip Sabian or somebody. It was somebody. I can't remember, but um, at first I was like, oh, I could have done without that. But then when Joey Janela like started using it as a weapon, I was like, all right, because I feel like you know I, I don't like to compare because I feel like both companies deserve their own individual recognition. But I feel like in like WWE or something, you would have gotten like that little ladder spot and it would have been hokey pokey, and like we just would have forgotten about it. That little ladder just would have been there or it would have been gone. Like at least it was utilized in multiple ways, so I'm okay with it. Um, I thought the match was great. I thought it was really fun. I feel like it was much better, a much better um, style and a much better, more fun opener than, a, like, a battle royal. I feel like this was a really fun way to get people to do, like, really cool stuff and to get people's attention, especially as an opening match. And I love that they had the uh, two-minute counter in the back because I feel like during, like, every Royal Rumble... It's like, it's been 90 seconds, it's been five minutes, it's been 30 seconds. What? Like, there's no actual real sense of time. I, like, really fast. I loved everyone kind of had their own individual moment safely. Uh, Brian Cage winning, I agree with you. Am I mad at it? No. Do I disagree with it? Yes, to an extent. I get it. It gives him credibility. Um, but... At the same time, like, I know someone in this chat said, you know, a lot of people, or you said a lot of people have put so much work into, you know, they've done their time in AEW a lot, and I feel like there's other people more deserving of that. However, it does give him a credibility, and he's got Taz with him. And um, I do believe Tony Khan, or somebody on the post-Double or Nothing media scrum call, said that Brian Cage was going to... Um, defend his tight or his or John Moxley was going to challenge Brian Cage at Fighter Fest which was supposed to take place in London actually but it's not obviously so that's when he gets his his chance so that's good um but yeah I thought it was I thought it was great I thought it was fun um and a fantastic opener yeah totally agree and so do you think that 
Moxley will retain over Brian Cage when they wrestle. Yes. Yes. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting. Um, and we'll get we'll get to more thoughts on on Mox and his title reign a little bit later on in the show for sure. Um, so after that we had MJF versus Jungle Boy. Uh, MJF got the win. What did you think about this match? And what do you think about MJF getting the win? I love this match. I actually thought it was really great. Um, MJF, while being freaking amazing on the mic, um, hasn't really had too much. Like, obviously, the match with Cody was really good, but um, it's like he doesn't really fight a lot. But when he fights, it's really good. And I feel like him and Jungle Boy really complemented each other in this like brutal kind of old school style. It was really great. It was really fun. I mean, my God, it lasted almost 20 minutes. It was fantastic that they they kept, you know, challenging each other. They really, because I kind of worried that they were going to squash Jungle Boy a little bit. Like, I was kind of worried because, I mean, he's not as big as MJF, and MJF has Warlow with him. Um, But I thought the match was great. I felt it was really fun. It was very tough. And when you think of MJF, you think tough guy. Um, not a little bit of a chicken shit heel, but a chicken shit heel that could kick your ass. And um, I thought that it really showed not only that MJF is tough on the mic, but he's tough in the ring. And I thought it showed that Jungle Boy can really freaking go. And I think with Luchasaurus doing so well in the ladder match and really showing his strength, and then Jungle Boy kind of really showing his strength in this match, it does kind of collectively give Jurassic Express some sort of, like, credibility in a sense, even though they kind of lost. But it's like, well, they lost, but they put up a really good fight. So imagine what they're going to be like together as a tag team again. So I'd really like to see where they... Ah, sorry, I hit the table. Where they go with that. Um, thought it was really good. I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked it as well. I think MJF was the right choice to win. Like, they're clearly building him to be, you know... <clears throat> I mean, I could see him being the one to maybe uh, take out Moxley, uh, you know, in a handful. Ooh. That like, I I really really like the career trajectory of MJF. I think it's very smart. He's a young guy who's very good in the ring. He doesn't even show much. I mean, last night he showed um, a good amount of it. He went out there and did some like really cool you know moves and showed off his athleticism a bit against Jungle Boy, who is super athletic himself. Um, but that's the thing about MJF that a lot of people I, I don't think really realize is, you know, I've been to like indie shows back years ago and where like I saw MJF doing like Fosbury flops to the outside and stuff like, <laughs> he, you know, he can do like he can do any move you can think of, but he, he's talented, but he doesn't yeah. tell it. But he doesn't, and he doesn't, he, he shouldn't with his character, like as a, as a hated heel, he shouldn't be going out there and doing uh, you know, super impressive, you know, luchador-style dives to the outside and stuff because, you know, people are going to, you know, obviously there's not really people there at the crowd, but at home, people are going to like seeing that. They're, you know, it's a reason to cheer for the guy. Um, his match with Jungle Boy I thought was really good because he uses athleticism basically to try to, like, counteract what Jungle Boy was doing. Jungle Boy would do a kip-up, he'd do a kip-up also. He's just trying to, you know, they're trying to keep up with each other and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, which I liked. And, uh, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Jurassic Express goes from here with Jungle Boy getting the loss, Luchasaurus didn't win, uh, Marco wasn't on the show other than, you know, for run-ins and he was a part of the crowd. Um, 
I really think Marco would benefit from. It might sound strange, but like I'd I'd like to see. I'm not necessarily like to see this, but like I've had the thought of. Like if Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus kind of did their own thing, they don't have to like turn on Marco or anything like that. Yeah, I think Marco needs to be paired with Joey Janela, like on screen. I like I, they're, they're like Janela's like his mentor, like like for real, and like yeah, the guys are good friends, and they're both like I think that suits Marco better than him. Being, it does, you know, because he doesn't. He fits the Jurassic Express, but he doesn't... Like, he fits and he doesn't. Like, he isn't... Like, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus is, like, a pairing that makes total sense. And they kind of have him with them because they're protecting him. But it isn't, like... He, he doesn't necessarily, like, really fit the gimmick fully. But, yeah. But if you had Marco as just kind of, like, a sidekick to, to Joe Janela, where, you know, there's vignettes of Joe Janela, like, walking around downtown, you know, with a cigarette and a beer or whatever, and, like... Marco is right there next to him holding the beer and they're just like walking down like the alley or whatever. It's like, I love that dynamic. Yeah, like you got more, you know, I just I just think it would be a great, when, way back when AEW started, mm-hmm. there was a picture that uh, Joe Janela posted and it was, it was a bunch of guys on a ring apron, or not on the ring apron, on the, on the entrance ramp. And I can't remember who all was in the picture, but I know it was Janela, uh, Marco, Jungle Boy, I think Luchasaurus might have been in the picture. Um, I can't remember who else, but it was like, it was basically like the caption was like, New Raven's Flock. And I was like, this would be so perfect for like, I, I think Janela is best used on screen for AEW as the leader of like a misfit stable. Like, oh yeah. You know, That's like him. It makes so much sense. Yeah, just keep higher, like, higher on or get him involved with, like, kind of, like, these, like, oddity wrestlers that kind of, like, the... I love it. The misfits. Yeah, yeah you got, yeah. like, like, like Lu- yeah, like, Luther or whoever is, like, really not doing anything, like, throw him in there. You're, like, this weird, hardcore dude that nobody understands or, like, I mean, you can, you got these these strange character dynamics in AEW that you can do a lot with, and I, 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 I don't see Janela ever really hitting, like, the world title level anytime soon. Maybe, like, the TNT title something like that but to have him as the leader of a stable i think would really benefit him and a lot of other people i think so too i completely agree um i did see a super chat come through yes thank you so much jay jay rojas i hope i'm saying that right thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you it says what do y'all think about a mjf and warlow versus jungle boy and luchasaurus match not trying to take away from the amazing match mjf and uh jungle boy had um, you're not taking away from that match at all. I think that that could be a next step. I think that that's actually a really cool, fun thing to think about. Um, it makes total sense. Um, I absolutely love it. And I think if they did want to continue this feud, this, you know, MJF Jungle Boy feud, that I think Wardlow and Luchasaurus do need to be added to the mix. And I think that it would be a lot of fun. I think it would be a lot of fun. You have Marco Stunt go off with Joey Janela, have the Misfit crew, and uh, that would, oh my God, I love that so much. I love that idea. <laughs> <laughs> I love Joey oh, Janela leading this misfit crew and having the Janela zone all the time on Instagram Live. They can make that a show. <laughs> yeah, you have vignettes of him like training the other guys or something where it's like they're like chug beer with him or something. You know what I mean? Yes. Make it like this. You, there's so much you can do because he personifies like the, 
like the old school like grungy right like wrestler who like still goes town to town and like gets with ring rats and like you know smokes cigarettes and drinks beer with with fans and stuff like that like you know he's very not pc friendly which i think is like that's great like he's he's a character you know yeah and like i said i think that you know, you you take Marco out of the picture, and then you have Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus um, go and do this feud. And I, I I really like that idea, Jay. I think that that's a really good idea. Thank you so much for that super chat. We really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Jay. Good question. Great tie-in. Um, Jungle Boy is on the Janela Zone a lot, he said. Yes. I just, that's such a great idea, Steven. The whole Janela being this leader I love it he's such a dynamic person like even when he cut his promo um for the ladder I love how every single one of them had an individual promo as well before the ladder match by the way that's I know we're talking about yeah I really like that I thought it was great but he is so charismatic very I mean look at um look at Leroy that man he's in the crowd now he's like he's on the Janela zone and He's like a part of AEW now, and that that's a lot to do with like Janela because Janela put him on the Janela zone all the time, and it's hilarious. He can he can get the best out of people. I swear, he's great. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and thank you very much. Uh, that was Jay, right? That's yes. The thank you very much, Jay, for the super chat. Very good question, and I agree with both of you. I think it would totally make sense. That would be a good match. Um, up next, we had the inaugural TNT championship match, Cody with Arn Anderson in his corner, defeating Lance Archer with Jake the Snake Roberts in his corner. Um, yeah, so for just, I'll just get it right out of the way. That title belt was, did not look good, but I've, I've heard that like, that was like, because of, I think they mentioned on commentary that mm-hmm. because of what's going on with the pandemic, they weren't able to finish the title. So that isn't like, I I'm assuming that's, that's the truth. Like I, like, I guess it's possible that they could have put those because the pictures leaked online before the match mm-hmm. happened. And like the, it was very negative feedback from the wrestling community on how the belt looked. And I wonder if they like put that out there and like everyone just shit on it. And they were like, Oh no! This isn't the this isn't the whole thing. Like no, no, this is just. And they're like, guys, we need to like remake this belt. Everybody, nobody likes it. <laughs> but uh, but either way, I thought the match uh was pretty good. They told a pretty good story. Um, I'm glad to see Cody win. I I was I was like, oh, I bet Steven's so happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was really happy for him, even though I chose Lance Archer in my predictions. But just like so many of these other picks who I wanted to win one, not who I thought was going to win. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, I'm happy to see him get that belt. And I think it makes a lot of sense, especially if they use that belt to, like, promote the company with, I mean, obviously it's called the TNT title. Like, there's a level of promotion already kind of built in there. But, like, you know, Cody kind of being one of the faces of AEW, especially being an executive VP and everything, like, for him to have that belt when he's doing PR or like interviews or you know radio or whatever oh. he's doing, um, to have that belt with him is like it's a big cross promotion and, and yeah. showing like 
Yeah, they're you know you're interviewing Cody Rhodes who wrestles for all Elite wrestling and without even having to say anything about where to watch it, you just look at his shoulder and it's got you know TNT on the on the belt and you're like oh it's on the TNT I can watch that show. So yeah, I think it all makes sense. Um, Cody is the right person to be the first champion, especially because he can't win the world title at the moment at least uh, due to the stipulations. So uh, so yeah, I'm all for it. Good match. I think the right person won. What do you think? Um, sorry, I'm trying to like pull down my mic so it's not like. Brruh, brruh. Um, <laughs> I I thought that I, okay, I was happy with Cody winning. Forgive me if I'm wrong because I was kind of like looking at my phone, looking up. I'm, I believe that Arn Anderson hit Lance Archer and then Cody won. Correct. Um. There was like some interference. Uh, or was it Jake well, they, hit Cody? Well, they both got no. They both they, got right. ejected, and then Jake that's right. with the snake. That's right. So that was very interesting because when Jake the Snake left and he got kicked out, and by the way, Mike Tyson was freaking hilarious the whole time. He was like absolutely blitzed. Him reacting to Lance Archer wrecking people was the funniest thing ever. And then when he's like, "You gotta go, you gotta go," like telling like like snitching that was really funny yeah um, but it was a very interesting dynamic how when jake snake left how lance archer was like a dog that just watched his owner walk out the door like mm. like completely like helpless like scared like a little kid that gets lost in a store like it was very interesting and then he comes out with a snake and then obviously shit happened so while a lot of people can say that maybe it was too soon for Lance Archer to lose, and I can agree with that to some extent. I feel like they're setting up a very interesting dynamic between him and Jake the Snake, and I feel like they're still developing his character a lot. So this loss isn't meaningless, and this loss isn't demeaning in any way. Um, I felt like had it just been Lance and Cody, Lance would have won. Um but I absolutely um, loved the match. I absolutely loved it. It was very interesting when the ref called off the hold when Cody was um, choking Lance Archer with his hair because it was his hair, and there's no hair pulling allowed. I thought that was very interesting. It was a very kind of cool, like, thing. It was kind of like one of those, oh, there are rules, you know? Um, as far as the belt is concerned... Yeah, I didn't realize... Okay, call me stupid. Okay, I'm really dumb. I forgot that the TNT logo changed. <laughs> I thought it was still the one from, like, the 90s that looked really cool. It was, like, had, like, the pointed edges Yeah, and like, stuff the like yellow that. letters. Or yeah, red yellow and yeah. red. So, when they come out with this, like, block text title, <laughs> I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a joke because it was from far away and I was like, bruh, they really like put a label maker onto this title belt. Are you for real? And I was like, oh, that is the TNT logo. And you can tell when you look at it, it looks really plain. Um, and like they said, the belt isn't finished. And I was like, oh my God, they're going to get so much shit for this. They're going to get a lot of shit. However, I, I, when they explained on commentary that the belt wasn't finished yet because of the, you know, the virus and the pandemic and everything it does make sense um there are shortages of a lot of things right now uh co2 being one of them so like soda machines and stuff 
they're having issues like filling soda machines, so you're gonna see a lot more like bottles. I know at Disney and stuff, they're out of CO2, so you're gonna be seeing a lot more bottled drinks. Um, I'm thinking gold plating. I'm assuming that could come from Europe or somewhere. Like that's international. I don't know if there's like a lot, a, a mass supply of gold plating like in the United States. I mean, stuff you don't really think about. Um, so I can see why that would be delayed. Like I know, like for for me, I I like um, I like makeup palettes a lot, and I know a lot of the the formulas and the ingredients come from Italy. So there's like a back order and there's a shortage of those ingredients because they can't get them from Italy. So there's just very different, strange things that you wouldn't think about um, as far as shortages. However, I thought the belt was, like, okay. But you're right. If Cody's going to be holding this belt, it needs to look, like, really good. And I think it does make – so I hope they fix it and make it cool and blingy and nice. Um, I hope they add more to it, like, on the top because it's, like, super plain on the top. There's, like, no – and I think someone said they added stuff already. Like, they added a whole bunch of, like, jewels and stuff. I'm not sure. I've noticed uh, the side plates with the Turner Mansion in Atlanta. Oh, were they? Mm-hmm. Whoa. That's what those side plates are. I, because I've drove past that a bunch of times, like, just know where it is. But, uh, Whoa. yeah, pretty cool. I thought that uh, the use of Mike Tyson was pretty good, too. Like, because he's, you know, he's the one who stopped Jake the Snake from coming in with the snake at the end. So, like, I think that them using him for that was smart, but it all, it was also funny because it was like, you know, everyone's expectation when you see Mike Tyson is he's going to punch somebody. Like, just, you know, we got to see a Mike Tyson punch. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, because he's actually training for a fight at the moment. So That's right. He's coming back. So I feel like they didn't want to, like, risk anything with him, like, actually getting physically involved at all during the show. So instead of getting, <laughs> instead of getting a punch... He just, he popped his shirt off. Like, that was, like, his move for the night. <laughs> I know. When he took that shirt off, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I popped for that. <laughs> yeah, he just, he had to go skins on TV real quick. Just pop. <laughs> right, cool. Like, he's not going to throw a punch, but then he was shirtless. So, I guess that's, uh, that's what we're getting from Mike Tyson tonight. He, he looked stoned out of his mind. Just confused. Just didn't. <laughs> really know what was going on uh but it was funny how we even, we even mentioned it all of us who were watching the show last night together like like the referee didn't know what to do so he deferred to mike tyson when right like, we were like wait a stoned confused mike tyson got like overrode the ref just <laughs> what just happened i know it's like well i mean you brought him in yeah man you might as well make the rules He's got the enforcer experience from uh, from his time in uh, WWF. Oh my God, that's really funny. Yep. Someone, no, no, no. Someone, because uh, I was looking for a picture of the TNT Championship belt, and it looks like a can of Tecate, that beer. Oh yeah. Oh my God, that's funny. That's funny. Um, Gotta... but yeah, I thought that the whole dynamic there was great. Um. Mike Tyson was just hilarious. And, of course, I'm like, wow, because he's, like, laughing and having fun. And as I'm tweeting that, apparently he starts as, – as, as I am tweeting, Mike Tyson loves professional wrestling. You can tell by his reactions. They cut to him yawning. And oh, I, yeah. And I put that tweet out, and I looked like the biggest dumbass in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 
But I thought it was great. Like I said, I don't think Lance Archer looked bad in the loss. Too bad. Interesting choice. I was really shocked. Um, but I'm not mad. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, good stuff. Before, I, before we start talking about the uh, the women's match here, uh, good time to remind everybody if uh, if you're enjoying the stream, please give us a thumbs up, like the video. Um, the reason that we always talk about that is because it helps the algorithm on YouTube, and it helps people find the show, and also, you know, kind of recommend the show to other wrestling fans and stuff like that. So, um, it's very much appreciated. It takes, like, no time on your end, and it's totally free. Um, I mean, if you don't like the video, you can give us a dislike as well. Um, that, that hurts the algorithm, it hurts the show a little bit. But we do appreciate getting feedback on the show, um, and yeah. likes especially help out. So um, just keep that in mind. And the next match we had was Chris Statlander defeating Penelope Ford, who had Kip Sabian in her corner. Um, Statlander was supposed to wrestle Britt Baker, who was injured on Dynamite. Uh, looks like she may have a injured knee, possibly a torn ACL, which that's... Uh, Oh, before we get into that, Ahmed, thank you so much for the super chat. Yay. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you it's for you. So why don't you uh, go ahead and answer? Ahmed asks, hey, Stephen, was I the only one with the desire to kill Mike Tyson for yawning? Um, <laughs> I think it's funny that, that it happened because I've, I mentioned at the top of the show, but people may be kind of trickling in and out. Like, uh, I watched the show with three other people. So there was four of us watching the show at my place last night and we all called them out for yawning. When we saw them on the screen, we were all like, Oh, Oh, really? Like, could, could they have shown them at a worse time? Uh. Um, I don't know about a desire to kill Mike Tyson. I do still like Mike Tyson. Um, and also I saw him getting some hate online. Um, you know, people saying like, Oh, AEW's working with a convicted rapist and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I get it. I get it. I know he has a, a his history is not uh, squeaky clean. And not that this makes it better, but there's a lot of professional fighters um, over time that have had this very similar things happen with with their careers. And all I can say about Mike Tyson, I am I'm still a fan of his, especially like as a, a boxer and a fighter and stuff. And he served his time, like he, and we don't know fully what even happened in that scenario. Like you know, it was regardless, he did what he did. He served his time. There hasn't been any any instances, and this was back in like the '90s. And there hasn't been anything since then that even like a hint of anything close to what he got convicted of and stuff. So like, I have to believe people change. We gotta give people second chances if they serve their time. If they stop doing whatever they were doing that got them in trouble, that's really all you can ask from somebody. You know, if he does it again, my opinion changes, and I hope he gets punished again. That that. Mm -hmm know what I mean? Um, so I, I had no problem with AEW doing business with Mike Tyson at all. Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone, like, portrays him as, like, a good person anyway. You know? Like. Yeah, well, I mean. Not, he's Mike Tyson. We're not, I mean, he bit a guy's <laughs> ear off, for God's sake. Yeah. Like, he's not holy. You can see a very clear change in his personal character throughout the years too. Yeah. Like you can, it, it's like, it's like two completely different people. Like when you saw him in the nineties, like that vicious killer, that dude who, I mean, completely different person than the guy you see now. Who's like 
just stoned and giggling on television and just like he was so high yeah right like he wants to fight again but it isn't because he's like wanting to like murder people like he used to i think it's just more of like a proving he can still do it and like he's still in good shape and just he wants he wants to see how he does and make a try to make a comeback at 53 or however old he is um, it isn't like he's out there talking about eating people's babies like he used to in, in, Ooh, yeah, I know. in the 90s. You know, it's, 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 and I have to, I mean, and that's the thing, like, I'm 32 years old. I'm a completely different human. Oh, my God. was in my teenage years. Like, time, cha- time passes, people change. My perspective on stuff has completely changed. You know, like, you just, you know, so... I figured I'd just put that out there because I did see some people giving AEW uh, some grief for for working with Tyson, and I I just I just can't be mad about it, at, given what I've what I've just said about all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, but that all being said, we uh we had that that uh, match with Statlander and Penelope Ford. Um, I think it's on you uh, first on this one. I I uh, want to know how you. Th- thought about the match and like what do you think about Satlander winning and and of course Penelope Ford was replacing Britt Baker like like I was mentioning before so what are your thoughts on all that um I think by the way I think Britt Baker's gonna be out six to eight weeks and someone in the chat said that I have been seeing that thrown around um so I'm just gonna go with that I'm trying to move my leg and not unplug my light okay um I think that um given the really quick turnaround like oh guess what Penelope Ford you have to be in a match because Britt Baker can't uh they didn't have a lot of time to kind of plan this out um I don't know if Chris Statlander was supposed to win I'm assuming she was supposed to take an L um because I, I would assume Britt Baker was supposed to win I really think that they should have just not done the match however it's okay if Penelope Ford was in there I mean she's you can tell that you know she Penelope Ford will get better and better and better. I think that she, um, with time, she's going to get better and better. That's what I just said. Um, there were a couple messy spots, um, but I mean, it was a short match. It wasn't. It wasn't too bad. I mean, like I said, I could have done without it. It was. It was there. I don't really want to say anything bad about it. I mean, it was a little sloppy, but given the circumstances. It happens. Um, but I, I like both of them. Um, and, yeah, it was, just, it was just there. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think that Penelope Ford, uh, I, like, physically looks great. I think she's, like, incredibly attractive. Um, but like, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's so pretty. In the ring, she's still, she's still missing a little bit there. But uh, given the circumstances, I mean... This is basically a last-minute replacement match. She wasn't going to be wrestling on the show. Uh, and, you know, I, I do think that Britt Baker was going to defeat Statlander if they wrestled as well. Um, it really seemed like they were building uh, Baker towards a title match, especially now that uh, Sheeta is the women's champion, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but I think Ford will continue to get better. She's clearly athletic, and she learns quickly. You know, it's it's clear that she's a quick learner, so... You know, she'll get better. I do honestly believe, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I think Chris Statlander is the most valuable woman that AEW currently has as far yeah. as far as potential potential value is concerned in the company. Like, mm-hmm. she has she checks every box for a female wrestler. She has the size, the, the athleticism. 
she's in the thing with her is she's still like she's still learning like it, she I, I see she's a yeah. fan of hers on the indies especially her work with beyond wrestling and mm-hmm. I did a lot of intergender matches with beyond and she did really well in them. that's actually how I got respect for Statlander so quickly was you know I'm not a fan of intergender wrestling I don't I really don't like it but it can be done the right way and Statlander does it in, a, in the right way I think that you know it's there aren't a whole lot of female wrestlers that I I like seeing wrestle men but Statlander's actually really good at it and, yeah and I I think that her match with Nyla Rose for the title um neither of them brought it that night I thought it was a bad I think she was sick right Chris Statlander had the flu or something I can't remember if she did that would make a lot of sense because she didn't look like herself in that match Mm-mm. um and Nyla looked terrible in that match so that match itself like I wish they could have a do-over for that one um and I'm sure that they will at some point Clearly, they're still building Statlander. Um, I kind of wish she dropped the alien thing. Like I, a lot of people are saying that it's too. I mean, like I can't say it's too goofy because like there's so much goofy stuff in wrestling, especially in AEW. That like you know, is her being part alien really more goofy than the idea of a of a sloth man putting his hands in his pockets when he wrestles? You know, it's like it's all it's goofy. You know, but like I. It's like it's too goofy for me. Like it's like I don't need to see it's too goofy for me. Yeah. I don't need to see you booping people on the nose and doing all these cartwheels and tone it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, tone it down a little bit, I guess. But 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 athletically speaking, like she is incredibly impressive and she's only gonna get better. Um yeah. so I see Chris Atlander being like the main I mean, I think that AEW over time will probably acquire uh, some of, like, the other top female talent. Like, if they could get, like, a Jordan Grace or a Tessa Blanchard or something like that, that's going to put them on another level with their division. But as far as... Speaking of the women's division, we had an Ahmed super chat. Thank you. And he said the same thing. He gave us another donation. It didn't come across on screen, I don't think. But what he said was, women's division is all right. It only needs chemistry. And I think that that is kind of what we're portraying here they need something like you said maybe another element like another not alpha element but another bold personality element to kind of get these people together you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i agree i that's thank you very much for another super chat very much appreciated um yeah i mean that's that's all it's going to take and that will happen like there are going to be they, I mean, not just from uh, Impact or like, you know, I was mentioning women from Impact. There's going to be instances where WWE is going to lose women also. They're they're going to test the free agent market just like a lot of the men are. And some of them are going to have really high market value. Um, I mean, especially if like a Sasha Banks or, you know, something like that. Um, AEW will scoop them up immediately. And, uh, you know, so the women's division is continuing to get better. Um, and we'll talk about the women's title match um, after this next one, which the next one is really not much to talk about. No. Um, but I guess, yeah, so moving on, um, we had Dustin Rhodes defeating Sean Spears. Uh, I mean, I is, is it on me? I think it's on me to talk about this one first. There's, there's, there's really not much to talk about. Um, I was confused, by the way, of like, why did they... Why did they do this? Like, why did they... <laughs> Well, no, like, what I mean is, like, like, 
instead of just having them out. I mean, maybe they were short on time and they knew it going into it, or like I don't. Why did they do this? Well, really, like why did they? Yeah. Like why did they put a scenario out there where like Sean Spears? Like I think there was a story behind it, but like why did they do any of it? Like he deleted his Twitter. Who Sean Spears? Yeah. Dude, I know that he blocks people, too, like, left and right on Twitter because, like, people don't think, like, the same people that don't think he's, he was very good in WWE don't think he's very good in AEW either because he's very similar in both, you know, like, so, I mean, I, I like Sean Spears, personally. I do, too. But I think that he's tired of hearing people basically call him a jobber, like, no matter where he works, um, which is kind of true to be, like, just completely honest. That's what's happening. You're, you are a lower mid-card talent in every company you've really been in. And that's how the fans see you. And if you don't like that, that's, you know, blame the company. But I, uh, I I don't understand why we needed any of this. Like, why was there a scenario where there's a scheduled, advertised match between Rhodes and Spears, and it it winds up being Spears in the ring not in ring gear, like, and Rhodes isn't going to show up for this match, like, he, there's no way he's showing up, just count him out. And like, right? We, did we all, did anybody at home watching that think that Dustin Rhodes wasn't showing up? Did one person watching think that Dustin Rhodes wasn't going to be there last night? Um, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Thing. Then the match lasted three minutes, and... And Dustin won. It was another one of those where I said on the on the predictions, I hope Dustin wins, but I think Spears will win. And I was pleasantly wrong, so no problem. Uh, what did you think about this? I thought it sucked. <laughs> it sucked. I thought I thought it was kind of cute at first because I like. I think Sean Spears. I think he's got a very dynamic persona. I think that he's a great personality. I loved the the Sean Spears news segment. I thought that was really cute. It was short. It was sweet. It was to the point. Um, this was also short, thank God. I could have done without like the, the, the underwear and the butt slap. And I get it. That's kind of like Dustin Rhodes' kind of thing when he was like gold dust or whatever, you know, but this was embarrassing. You know what I was saying before? You know what I was saying before we got live about how there was something I didn't want to talk about? On the- yeah. That was this match big time. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. It was so, it was lame. And I see Jay saying, here's my take on Sean. At least he's getting booked consistently. Unlike a SmackDown Live run, I don't think he's getting punished. Um, I actually think it was his idea. Yeah, I don't think he's being punished. Like, I don't think that there's like that. I feel like there's something they're planning. And I was going to say, um, I was going to say, I'm going to give this a, a chance to explain itself. Like, I want to know why, and I hope we get a why. I hope we get answers. I don't know if this is going to be like a revamp, a revamp of Sean Spears again, because you know the whole chairman thing is kind of dead in the water. Ironically, uh, my background kind of goes with that. Um, but I just it was unnecessary. Yeah. And I like Sean Spears, and I'm rooting for him, and. You know, obviously Dustin's a legend, so it made me sad. Well, I mean, 
And to be honest, I think Spears is exactly where he should be at the moment, as far as in the company. Like, he's good yeah. enough to be employed. Like, I don't think he should get fired or anything like that. Um, he beats the really, really lower tier people and doesn't beat anyone really, like, ranked above him. He just kind of is where he is. But but it, it makes sense, though. Like, do, is, does anybody really want a reality of, like, I mean, I'm just going to be, like, brutally honest. Like, would you rather see Sean Spears in, in the, the top positions, or would you rather see Moxley and Brody Lee in the elite? And you know what I mean? There's just there's just better talent than Sean Spears available in AEW at the moment. And, I, you know, like, I, there's nothing about Sean Spears that's, like, I want to see him as the AEW world champion. I want to see him as the TNT champion. He's doing what he, he's exactly, it's just unfortunate for him. He's basically in the same position he was in with the WWE, except they're actually using him on AEW. He just isn't being yeah. pushed as the top star here. Either. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and it's salvageable. Like, all it would take yeah. oh, going on, yeah. like, a good win streak. I mean, like, you, it's not like the guy's untalented. It's just, there's nothing about him that would make me want to see him as, as a top guy more than the people I just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. So, um, moving on, we had the women's title match. New champion, Sheeta, defeats Nyla Rose in an ODQ match. Um, this was great. Before we get into that, we got another oh. Thank you, DeAndre Fine. Um, Jesse, if you want to take that one first, I'll fire uh, you. Okay, DeAndre, thank you so much. We really, 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 really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who are your favorite guys in AEW? <laughs> Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. That's my fave. That's my fave of all the companies. Love me some Joey Janela. Uh, love me some Mox. Uh, those are my faves. Um, I like pretty much the whole roster, to be honest. I would say, yeah. as far as the ones that come to mind, Cody, always going to be at the top for me. Kobe. Uh, Kobe. 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 Cody. R.I.P. Well, it's because I'm saying Darby right after. Yeah. So oh, Darby Allen's another favorite. Cody, Darby Allen, and uh, Orange Cassidy are probably my favorite uh, three at the moment. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I love all of them. I'm a big fan of the whole elite, and I I like Brody Lee. I like Mox. I mean, there's I mean even their their like lower card like we were talking about like Joe Janela. I, I really like Marco Stunt a lot. I know. Yes. Um, he's a polarizing figure, but I, I there's no one I don't like. Yeah. Marco's way up there for me, by the way. Yeah. He, he could never win a match in AEW, but if he does exactly what he's been doing, he 1 million percent deserves a spot on the show. Absolutely. So, yeah. But thank you very much, uh, DeAndre, for the super chat. We very much appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so we had Sheeta defeat Nala Rose. Uh, you're up first on the review for this one. What do you think about the match, and what do you think about... Sheeta becoming the new champion because Nala Rose didn't have a very long title reign. No, she didn't. However, I think that Hikaru, or uh, the what's her name, uh, Daisy, she was like Hikaru. So I, I've been saying Hikaru. I don't know if there's like a vowel thing. So, um, how to say Hikaru Sheeta? That's how I'm gonna say it. I don't know if that's right, but that's how she said it. And if I've been saying it wrong, I apologize. So Hikaru, I think that she's a great champion because I feel like while Nyla Rose is amazing and she's been improving it's like she's such a tough and unbeatable kind of like force you know 
it's like with the women's roster still being developed and still trying to like improve because the majority of the women's roster is very green. Um, I feel like Nyla Rose would be a better champion in the future just so that we can build and establish the other women in the division beforehand. So I think that Hikaru Shida, I think that she's probably a better choice to be champion right now. A, she's fantastic. She's a phenomenal worker. She brought it. She gave Nyla Rose her best, and she defeated her. I think this match was fun. It was tough. It was different. I think that Nyla Rose does better in these matches that uh, are a little bit unconventional, like the no DQs or the the tables matches or, you know, whatever. I think that she kind of, she's so tough. I think it displays her toughness a lot better. Um, But I think Hikaru, she's incredible. She's champion worthy, but also believably beatable, which is not a knock on her. But it makes the women's division a little bit more dynamic, and it makes me think that that title could change hands at any time. Whereas with Nyla, I was like, oh, there's no way XYZ is going to beat her. Um, I thought this match was great. There was one spot that freaked me out. Uh, Hikaru almost had threw Nyla Rose like onto her own knee, and it freaked me out. And I was like, can we not go for the knees, please? Like, can we stop? Because that's what injured Britt Baker I loved Nyla's, like, banter. I love how she told Billy Gunn to get out of the way, and, like, Billy Gunn, like, got out of the way. I love how when she threw Hikaru into the, the blackjack table or the, the roulette table, she goes, always bet on black or something like that. <laughs> and I loved her, like, little, like, sayings and stuff. I thought it was great. I thought it was an incredible match. Thought it was fun, and I think the right person won. Yeah, I completely agree with all that. I I had Sheeta in my predictions uh, to win the title. I'm glad that she did. Um, still not a huge Nala Rose fan, but she like there was nothing to really dislike about the match last night. I, I said it in the predictions uh, live chat as well that this was another big opportunity for Nala to prove like to prove me like prove to me like why she's been chosen to be in the spot that she's in because. I think outside of that match with Riho that she had a little while back, she really hadn't had any good matches in her whole AEW career. Mm-hmm. And I felt like there's no way that you could have a bad match with Sheeta. And if she had a bad match with Sheeta, there was a real, real problem with Nala Rose. Um, but the match was good. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good match. The no DQ stipulation worked. Um, I really had no problem with it. I think the right person won. Um, also have to mention before I forget, Ahmed, I saw you in the chat, uh, said that we both forgot the GOAT in our list of favorite wrestlers in AEW, and, uh, yeah, oh, I Jericho is somehow didn't legend. see Jericho. He's my favorite wrestler of all time, somehow didn't yeah. see him. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll be talking about him in the, in the main event, but, Oof. yeah, Sheeta with the title, I'm, I'm all for it, and, and I think that her and Satlander could have a really good, uh, program, actually, so. There's so many options. <laughs> yeah, I think that they were heading towards Sheeta versus Britt Baker. That's what I felt like they were doing. Clearly. <laughs> but if Baker's going to be out, um, you can... Because AEW's proven that they're not um, against doing, you know, babyface versus babyface matches. We see it in the tag team division all the time. Um, and I'd be fine with that. Sheeta and Statlander, especially with no crowd, really. Like, it's not like... Yeah. You know, it doesn't... 
it doesn't have the same dynamic really like it, you know and and they can kind of manufacture how the audience sounds because they can you know basically tell certain people to cheer certain people to boo during the matches because it's their own people in the audience and uh they can make it whatever they want to make it so i'm good with all that i like she as the champion um a match that i was incorrect about very incorrect about both of us yeah, um, John Moxley retained the AEW World Championship over Mr. Brody Lee. Uh, got the win uh, essentially with a rear naked. Well, it was like a bulldog choke that he kind of turned into a rear naked choke. Um, match was uh, fifteen and a half minutes long. And is this uh, is this on me to talk? Yeah, that's on you. So I'll give this off. You know, right off the bat, like. I said it even before the match, even though I chose Brody Lee to win because I thought it made the most sense uh, storyline-wise, I do like that Moxley kept the title because I I think he's a great champion for the company and I want to see him have a long title reign before he, he drops the title because I think it'll it'll mean a lot when he when he loses the title eventually to somebody. It'll really help put somebody else over. Um, but that being said, the Dark Order thing is like, I don't know where you go from here. And this is what I was worried about because not only did, I mean, the, the storyline I think they're going to play up is that Brody Lee never tapped out. He or he or got submitted. He went out cold to a submission. And what's even more interesting is on Twitter, you can see here, um, he tweeted out respect to John Moxley. That's all I have to say at this time. So, like, yeah. so, I, I have to imagine they're going to run that, that back at some point. But what's interesting is, like, Dark Order didn't get involved during the match at all. Like, none of the Creepers came out. Ten didn't come out. Uh, I think that Uno and Grayson are stuck in Canada, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Uno was live tweeting the in- entire time. So maybe they can go with the story that, like, Dark Order didn't have, like, their full team available. They could. But... I don't know. I don't think it was a good look for Brody to lose because they, I mean, I don't know why the Dark Order would follow Brody now. Like, he just proved he can't win the, oh, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, I don't know. I don't know where they really go from the Dark Order from here unless they go with the storyline I just said where they, they basically claim that they weren't at full force because of travel issues or whatever, basically. So, yeah, I don't know. But I thought the match itself was good. Um, I like the finish. I, I, you know, I just think the wrong person won storyline wise, but I I do like Moxley as the champion, so it's it was kind of a win win or a lose lose depending on how you're looking at it. You know, so yeah, I'm out with it. What, what do you think about the match, and what do you think about you know Moxley uh, retaining and kind of the state of Dark Order? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, before we get to that, I just want to say thank you so much, Ahmed. And Ahmed had another super chat. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He said he misses Lucha Bros and Pac, my favorite real heels. Yes. Loved that vignette that they had on AEW Dynamite for Pac or Pac or whatever the hell is they're calling him. It's Pac or Pac. I just say Pac. Um, I thought it was great. Hopefully they'll be back soon like Evil Uno in the Dark Order. I do like that. So thank you so much again, Ahmed. We really, 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 really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You've been fantastic. We so appreciate it. Thank but you, I do Ahmed. think, yes, I do think that like what you said, I think that the whole the, the, the Dark Order is not complete because there's people missing is kind of interesting. That paradigm shift through the stage was freaking awesome. 
and Brody Lee comes out all bloodied. Um, like I said, I don't think that I don't really think that Brody Lee like looked bad in his loss um, at all. I thought he looked very tough. I thought, like you said, it, it does kind of put a hamper on the whole Dark Order thing. Um, let me go to Evil Uno's Twitter because usually he will tweet, "It's whatever day it is, Brody Lee." You know what that means, and I'd like to see if he's done that today. Why? No. Oh, he has. Oh, it is. Yes, he has. Um, I love it. He did. Yeah, I agree, I agree, Jay. Mox had a sick flurry at the end with the blood, the knee strikes, the deep yes. the choke. Yeah. I oh my God. Agree. If if you're gonna beat. If you're gonna beat Brody Lee with like this, how this has been built up, that's that was the way to do it. So, I I'm with you a thousand percent on that. Oh, thank you, Ahmed. Ahmed with it again. Ahmed is just on point today. Thank what, you, Ahmed. What currency is that, by the way? That's British pounds. Oh, nice. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it says I was okay with any of them winning. It was a great match, but it wasn't built right because there were no fans. But it was exciting enough for me respect yeah i know this whole pay-per-view was like man this would have been lit in front of fans however they did start chanting all of the wrestlers say this is awesome this is awesome like they were kind of trying to do that um yeah i mean like i, I agree ahmed i was okay with either one of them winning it was just um as far as like the dark order storyline it's it's very uh it seems off you know what I mean? It seems like, okay, well, Dark Order is supposed to be tough. Why are they, you know, why are they behind this leader who can't win his match? Um, so it's very uh, interesting. It makes you think. Um, I'm going to wait till like, Dynamite to see what I'll be, happens. I'll be back in just a second. I think someone's knocking on my door. Give me okay. Yeah, back. no worries. Um, but like I said, I think the Dark Order kind of thing... Uh, it's like, where do they go? What What's going to happen? What's Evil Uno going to do? What's Ten going to do? Because Brody Lee didn't come out and get Ten when John Moxley broke his arm in the ring. So I think it's very interesting that he didn't come out either. However, this match is so great. I, I still cannot get over like the ruggedness and toughness of this match. I feel like John Moxley brings that every time. And it's so upsetting to me that we did not get to see this Brody Lee um, in WWE. A lot of people were kind of questioning, oh, Luke Harper, what's he doing? And I think that this really showed and, like, really displayed and showcased how good of a wrestler Brody Lee is and how underutilized he was in WWE. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, completely agree. This is, uh, these are the kind of moments that, like, I think Brody Lee was looking for when he mm-hmm. was in WWE. This is, like... The reason he wanted out is to show that he can do things like this and be put in a top position, mm-hmm. have good matches. Um, I mean, if if there's probably a lot of people watching the show that had only seen Brody Lee's work in WWE up to this point, and they were uh, they were probably pretty surprised with what they saw last night. Like to mm-hmm. him have a long singles match that told like a legitimate story. Um, yeah, yeah, and I just. I hope Brody rebounds uh, from the loss. And luckily, it's this is happening in AEW where I, I have a lot of faith in their telling and their booking. So I, you know, while I might not agree with Lee losing this match, the way that it happened did make a lot of sense with uh, the way that Moxley did it. Um, 
And yeah, like I said, I just have to have faith that that AEW is gonna is gonna know what to do going forward with Brody in the Dark Order. So yeah, I, I have faith. Yeah. Up next, we have the main event of the. Oh my God, this match, you guys. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, it was kind of surprising to me that this match went on last, like after the World Title. It had to. Thing. It had to. Um, but given the fact that it went, you know, thirty-four minutes long and all this stuff involved, like, I don't hate that it was the main event. It just, I'd, I'd like the world title to be positioned as the main event, like, all It was the co-main event. It's just kind of the old school in me. Uh, before we talk about it, Whoa! Super Chat, DeAndre, thank you so much. Thank you, DeAndre! Oh my gosh, thank you! Yeah! Thank yeah, you. Jess, Jess, if you want to take that one. Oh, what do you think about Mox yeah, versus Kenny versus Cody for the title, even though we might never I see it? See it. Oh, man. oh, man. I love that. <laughs> I love that idea. That would be so lit. I would absolutely love that. But like we said, like Cody's supposed to not ever get a championship run. I thought we, we talked about it on the stream last time. If Brody Lee had won, maybe he could say, oh, the Dark Order's going to, you know, you know, we have our ways. We're going to force, like, overlook that clause and give you the championship opportunity. Uh, but that didn't happen, obviously. But... That is a fantasy booking match that I would love to see sometimes, like, in the future. Not soon, but I would absolutely love that, DeAndre. Thank you so much. Yes, DeAndre, very, very much appreciated with that super chat. Um, and I agree. That would be that'd be a great match. There's no way that wouldn't be a great match. Three of the best performers in the world. Uh, that'd be an amazing triple threat. Um, I'd be fine seeing that title, non-title, no matter what company it happened, what show... That's that's a main event match anywhere, anytime. So um, I was also thinking, like, because I've talked about this before in the past, like, my idea of having them do something similar with, like, the Intercontinental or U.S. Championship. But I think it would be a cool concept because they, they do it in Impact where, like, they have – I can't remember, like, what part of the year, but I, I remember, like – They'll do the the TNA. Um, they have the or the TNA. They have the X Division title, and you. Oh, speaking of, did you hear Jr. call it the TNA title, and then he said he's going to get fired? Oh no, I missed that. That's funny. And he's like, I got to go pull my head out of my ass. Nice, Jr. Okay. Commentary just is not good in 2020, unfortunately. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Um, love the guy to death. I'm not a fan at this point. Um, but uh, no. What was I saying? I forgot. Lost my train of thought. Cody, uh, Kenny, um, and Kenny and Mox. Mox. Oh yeah. So with uh with the X Division Championship, you can cash it in for a world title match. Yeah. And that'd be kind of a cool dynamic, uh, for the TNT title in a way to get Cody a title match. As if like at some point we find out that like there's a stipulation where like. If you're holding the TNT belt, you know, on this day, then you have the opportunity to cash it in for a world title match. Like, maybe something like that. They need to figure out some sort of loophole to get Cody a world title match at some point. Um, but for the time being, I'm totally fine with him carrying the TNT title. Um, so, but, but yeah, thanks again, DeAndre. We, uh, we really appreciate that super chat. Yes. 
Um, as far as the main event went, what did you think about, well, I know you were a fan, but go ahead and give me your thoughts on the match itself and your thoughts on the elite winning over the inner circle. How do I, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start with this. Oh my God. I thought this may have been the greatest thing ever. I told my husband, this is a really hot take, so don't get mad. Um, I think this... This stadium stampede match pulled down its pants and took a big fat dump all over the Boneyard match. Like, this was... This was a religious experience for me. Like, this was so great. And I do want to say, Tom Lawler, last night on the Brian and Vinny um, after-show review of this, he he gave a really good point. He said his criticism of it was there was a lot of things in this. It went a little too long. He's like, I don't think they're probably ever going to do this again because they pulled out so many, like, different things. He's like, when he when uh, Adam Page pulled out the yard line thing uh, and ran it over, who was it, Jericho? Uh, yeah. He's like, all these, like, little things they're doing tells me they're never going to do this again. Like, there's no way they can. They, like, pulled out all the stops. And while I think that that's fair criticism, to me, that made it fucking fantastic. Um, Tony Khan did say in the uh, media scrum afterwards or the virtual scrum or whatever that um, basically every single person in this match gave their input on it. And you can absolutely, absolutely tell. You can absolutely tell that each one of these guys came up with their own fun spots and they all did it together, and I thought it was fucking great. This is how you give people creative control without giving them total control and losing your value and losing your mission as a company. I thought it was great. You could tell that these were things that they wanted to do. You could tell that because they've invested in their characters that all of these things were fun and made sense. I mean, made sense in the most silliest way, of course. But... It was just, it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. It was so funny. I was high as a kite. I was laughing. I was crying. It just kept getting better. There are so many things, like, to talk about. Like, I'm shook. I'm shook. Ahmed, thank you so much. Thank God Matt came to AEW. This is what was missing, really. They won best matches in AEW history. I mean, just wow. Chris and Matt are the best. Thank you so much, Ahmed. Yes, I completely agree. This is the Matt Hardy that we wanted to see in AEW, utilize, or in WWE, utilized fully in AEW. Everything about this was fucking great. There was not one thing in this that I hated. What about you? And it's okay if you hated it or you didn't like anything. No, I liked it. Okay, good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. <sighs> um, yeah, uh, thank you very much for the super chat. I, uh... I agree. This is why you bring Matt Hardy in. Uh, this was a good utilization of Chris Jericho. I saw Jericho tweeting about how it was like one of the his favorite things he's done in his thirty year career was uh, was that match. Really? Yeah. So the performers seemed to be happy with it. I was happy with it. Um, it was what I expected. I expected it was going to be some sort of cinematic type thing that you know it, it made sense. And I think that they did it better than the WWE did. I'm with you. Um, I. I think they did it really well. And, and the whole thing made sense. Uh, the finish was good. That drop, they didn't even do it. That justice, those camera angles. like that. Oh, my God. 
Uh, yeah, that Kenny, uh, that one winged angel that he hit on uh, on Sammy at the end, that was a big drop. Obviously, they was very protected what they fell on, but that's still a that's still a big risky uh, spot there. For Sammy, that is scary as hell because he's not seeing when he's landing. That yeah, he, can we talk about like how much of an MVP Sammy Guevara is? Like he's gonna be world champion. There is zero doubt in my mind that this man is gonna be world champion sometime soon. This man. Puts his body on the line every week, and uh, I just had to take a moment to praise him because he's the he's freaking great. He's getting jacked too. Well, yeah, Andy's. I mean, I think what he's doing right now. I know this is this isn't like this is kind of like a way of looking at it, but this isn't like I don't think this is really what's happening. I kind of see it like this is maybe maybe having a tangible of what's happening. We're like, I think Sammy is going out there right now and just punching his bump ticket, right? I mean, he's just going out there and just like, all right, I'm going to go out here, and every time I get bump ticket, I'm going to go head first. Every time I, anytime he gets an opportunity to go, like, above and beyond, like, to do something that, like, people are going to talk about, he's doing it right now. Um, and he's doing that so that years from now, he doesn't have to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he's getting, True. he's getting himself really over right now. And I think by the time he becomes, like, world champion or gets in that mix, um, he'll still do a lot of this stuff. But he'll he'll get over to a point where, like, people aren't going to have to see him go out there and kill himself. Like, right. this That's such this a good match, point. That is a great point. In this match, like, obviously, you know, there was that spot where Matt Hardy, or uh, Matt Jackson, rather, was uh, doing the Northern Lights suplex over and over and over. And, like, it's like throughout the whole... Um, With his bruised rib, too. Talk about Al. Yeah. Two things that were really funny about that. First thing was my buddy who doesn't watch wrestling that was watching the show with us didn't realize that that was pre-taped and, like, actually thought for a second. Oh, my God. Actually gone the distance with him, which I just thought was hilarious. Like, they ah! on on that so, so bad. But, like, even though obviously it was cut, Sammy still on camera took, like, ten or so of those on the – on this, uh, just right onto the field. Like, right. I mean, that hurt. I was like, Oh my gosh, of course. So I, uh, yeah, there was a lot of really good stuff about this match. Uh, we could for forever, but like, I, uh, yeah, I liked, uh, I like Matt Hardy, the lake of reincarnation type stuff where he kept popping up as a different character. Yeah. You got the Matt facts there on your, yes, I died. That was so Um, funny. DeAndre has another super chat. Thank you very much, sir. Um, says, arm, pay, says, I would pay millions of dollars to see Chris Jericho and Matt Hardy feud. They're just so good together. Um, I don't know, but I don't know if I'd pay a million dollars for it, uh, but I would, I will. I think that that's where it's headed. I think it's pretty clear that we're going to get a Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho singles match um, at, at a, either a, a really big, heavily promoted dynamite episode or possibly the next, uh, pay-per-view or special event type thing that AEW does. I think I think we are going to get a a big singles match between Hardy and Jericho in the near future. Mm-hmm. I think that that's where this is all kind of gonna co- excuse me come to a head. Um, I think that that's where it's leading. I don't know how. Like I, I do know how. I'm lying. I do know how. I don't know how it's gonna turn out. 
I'm assuming Matt Hardy will win, but I think it's interesting. There's so many ways they could do it. Like you said, they never did. And while I'm happy the Elite won, it's interesting because I thought the Inner Circle would win um, and cause like a like a fluctuation in the dynamic of the Elite. So the Inner Circle losing, you know what? I'm not mad. I'm not mad because. The inner circle is so full of themselves that they'll they'll find it they'll they'll keem start their way out of it. Um, they'll blame. <laughs> Drama alert! <laughs> Let's get right to the news. Um, Roll it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, can they feud forever, DeAndre? Thank you. Oh my gosh. Um. They can feud. I, you know what? They could feud forever, and it would still be good. I think they could add dynamics into it. Thank you so much, DeAndre. But, like, I would love. I, I, I want more of the inner circle versus the elite because it's just so fun. It's just so fun. Like, yeah. I'm. I like bookmarked last night. So many of the fun things when. Can we talk about the horse? Yeah. I'll switch to this screen. Yeah. Can we talk about the horse? That was so funny. It was so funny. It was great. That's what everyone wanted, and it happened. I, I honestly, I thought I was going to run over him. Poor Sammy with that horse. <laughs> but he didn't. And... I liked all those callbacks, too, where they kept chasing him and stuff. Where he yes. running away. It's great. They didn't, like, they didn't overdo it. You know what I mean? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Ahmed, for agreeing with DeAndre. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. This is great. I'm so happy right now. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Y'all are killing it in the chat. Yes. This is thank so you. much this appreciated. Is... Can we just talk about how this was, like, so needed? This whole pay-per-view, we needed, like, something fun to not be mad about, to laugh at, to enjoy. Like, this brought me so much joy. Like, this whole thing with, like, the horse and Sammy like and they didn't overdo it they did another golf cart bit which when he thought that he was like he had won Sammy's like yeah I'm the last man standing and all of a sudden you hear something and it's a golf cart and did you see Bryce is Bryce right the referee that was running like toe to toe with the golf yeah. cart I'm like damn check his 42 we got some fast people in AEW like damn we got we got Adam Page running 100 yards seemingly in a second flat we got we got the, the the referees running toe to toe with a golf cart. Oh my God! By the way, Chris Jericho challenging the 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 finish, challenging the count with the red oh, yeah. flag, going into the review booth. Oh my God! So great! And then they threw the flag for what was it? Unsportsmanlike conduct or something? Yeah. The little football. References kind of. Oh yeah, they had jer- they had matching jerseys for the inner circle and. I, can we get those jerseys for sale? I wouldn't be surprised if they did something like that. Sold. Eesh, I need one. <laughs> I would buy the frick out of one of those. I wonder where they go from here though, because like, you know, if they still end up doing blood and guts at some point, which I'm sure they are planning on going back to, like that was a big reason why I was so sure that the inner circle would win this match because it would like lead to blood and guts later on when like and like Cody would be involved with blood and guts which like might kind of like you know help out the the uh elite side and stuff like that like 
So I'm confused about where they go at the inner circle. Like, uh, to be honest, I'd be interested in seeing Jericho maybe kick out a couple people from the current inner circle and get some new people to try to help him or something. Because um, he's no longer the world champion. Now, like, his group is losing matches. Like, Hager lost his opportunity at the title. Uh, Sammy loses fairly consistently. His, his AEW record's, like, pretty 50-50. Um, but, I mean, Sammy also consistently wrestles, like, top talent. So it's not like the losses he takes don't really hurt him. Um, but I'd be interesting to, it'd be interesting to see Jericho kind of like second guess who he's included in his inner circle and try to like, you know, try to maybe get some new members, uh, to help him, you know, win this feud against the elite and like potentially try to get the, the title back. Cause I also saw in the chat, um, when people, when I was talking about Matt Hardy versus Chris Jericho and, you know, you had mentioned Matt Hardy would probably have to win that. I think other people in the chat, I think I saw some of that too. I think the opposite were like I think Jericho really? needs to be I think Jericho needs to like he needs to stay established as one of the True. you know he has to be you can't have Chris Jericho especially for what they're paying him which he totally deserves by the way like he did yes a ton of the pay but um it, 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 he's still Chris Jericho like I and and Matt Hardy's Matt Hardy but Matt Hardy's character like can work regardless like he could lose a lot of his matches, but if they still have like a creative story or he does like his deletion type stuff in matches and changing characters and stuff, like he can still be entertaining and so can Jericho cause he's so good. But I don't know. I just feel like, and I'm also a bit biased cause Jericho is my guy, but I really feel like Jericho's still got to be presented as like, you know, one of, if not like the top guy in the company. Yeah. They have him, you know, I don't yeah. know if he's going to be with the company either. How much longer he's going to want to wrestle or, He's a smart guy. Like, I would not be surprised because I think he signed like a three-year deal. If, if that three years ended and he, you know, tested free agency, because there's gonna be in three years, no. there could be a real. I'm not saying he's gonna like go back to WWE or whatever, but like it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to see where all these guys wind up at. Like, you know, even guys like Kenny and, and the Young Bucks and stuff. Like, obviously, we would never imagine that they would leave, but. If they become free agents and the WWE is like, hey, you guys are superstars now and you've done, you've proven your your value, we're, we're willing to give you, you know, Brock Lesnar money to, to jump ship. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Um, it will be. The next few years. Yeah. Uh, Ahmed, Ahmed had another had super, super chat and he said, I'm not, I'm not the, the only, only one. one. Thank, thank you so much, Ahmed, Ahmed, by the way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm not the only one who has a crush on Ref Aubrey. I love her. She's so great. And you can tell that, like, Chris Jericho, like we're talking about, really sees her as, like, the future because she is very heavily involved in his matches. She was actually the one that he chose to um, be the referee for the first ever AW World Championship match. Um, so I think that she's great. I love the review thing. She's super tough. I think she's a great kind of role model for, for any female that wants to get into the business as not really a wrestler, but as another kind of person in the ring. It's not a ring announcer or anything. I think it's great. Um, and thank you so much again, Ahmed. I appreciate it greatly, but I think you're right. I think Jericho does still need to establish his credibility as a current wrestler because you cannot stay on the top based. I mean, if you're, if you're speaking technically based because wins and losses matter, 
In AEW, wins and losses matter. You cannot stay on the top and establish yourself as a top guy um, based on, like, legendary status. You can't grandfather your way in. Um, and I think that uh, AEW does a really good job of not grandfathering people in um, and not just kind of, boop, I'm here. Can I have a championship match now? I mean, they've made... I mean, Brian Cage, even though he just came in, he technically didn't just walk in and ask for a challenge. He earned it. He earned it by winning that ladder match. Lance Archer didn't just walk in. He won a tournament. He got to the finals of a tournament to get his chance. So technically, they're not letting just people come in who are well-known outside and just kind of get their shot. Brody Lee kind of got his way through, like, the Dark Order. Uh, he was, like, 5-0 and or whatever when he yeah. So we're not just having people just kind of pop up and be like, hey. Um, so I do I do completely agree with that. Yeah. As far as the uh, the super chat from Ahmed, um, thank you again, once again, for that. Um, and, yeah, I like Aubrey very much as well. I I think that uh, it's it's especially admirable what, she, what she's done and where she's at with the company because, you know, women are already going to be the minority when it comes to professional wrestling in general, but they're like a real minority when it comes to refereeing in professional wrestling. Like there's like very few, uh, female referees that are doing it like consistently for a mainstream company. Um, Mm -hmm. and Aubrey is not only employed, um, but she 1 million percent deserves the job and has basically been handpicked by Jericho to like be like, she does pretty much all of his matches. Mm-hmm. So like I'm all for it. I think I think Arby's great. I love the type that she recently got merchandise and people got all butt hurt over it. Like she deserves merchandise. She has a fan base. Why why wouldn't she want to put some t-shirts out there? I think why wouldn't she? Um and I also see people in the chat saying like Kenny doesn't have any interest in WWE and he would never jump and stuff. Yeah, no, I I agree. I don't think he would either, but um WWE has absolutely had interest in. I mean, obviously he worked for the WWE for a very short time years ago, but WWE absolutely has interest in Kenny Omega. Whether 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 Kenny has interest in WWE or not is one thing, but um, I mean, I think a lot of these guys before AEW became a real thing, a lot and like the money like really started coming in, like the like really signed these contracts and started getting paid, and it was a real thing. I think mm-hmm. a lot of them had a really 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 diff- difficult decision to make, especially. Guys like Kenny Omega and especially Hangman Page. I think he had the most difficult decision to make of any of them because I think he basically had to choose between getting a chance in NXT and probably being uh, pushed as one of the top guys in NXT like right away and get a lot of exposure and really be pushed as like a potential superstar in the WWE system. I think that's basically what, what would have happened if he wound up there based on how good he is already and his potential and stuff. Um, yeah, and he knew coming into AEW, he was gonna be working for his friends, but he wasn't gonna be EVP like the rest of them. Like he was getting hired on as a talent, so he had to he had to choose basically a talent contract between AEW and WWE, and he it was a big risk for him because you don't know if AEW is gonna even work out, and if it doesn't, you might have just burned your bridge forever with the WWE, which is the company that you probably wanted to work for your entire life. So like. Those guys all had to make really tough choices, even to start AEW, because they were all offered contracts. I think Cody was offered another really big contract to come back to WWE before AEW became a thing. I think the Young Bucks should have done that before they released him. 
Right, they should have figured that out years prior with him, 100%. So it, it will be interesting. I, I think that most of these people are going to have an allegiance to AEW, especially these, these wrestlers who had been working for a long time, like Joe Janela or Chuck Taylor, and like these guys who have worked the indies for years and years and years, and WWE never had interest when they were the only show in town, and they're going to remember that, that AEW gave them the chance, and then when WWE comes with the money, I think a lot of them are going to, even if it's <coughs> for less, I think a lot of them will stay with AEW because they believed in them and gave them that, that opportunity for uh, a national stage when WWE had the opportunity for years and never wanted anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll make for interesting times, for sure. Yeah. But what, it, but what AEW has currently, I think, is great. Um, and I think what they need to do is just be really smart about their future hires because um, they have a great roster. You don't want to overload it too much with, like... Because mm-hmm. there's a big a big wave is coming. There's a lot of released WWE talent that is... Or former WWE talent, I should say, that's now available. And so these spots are going to be up for grabs. You know, there's going to be a guy like Sean Spears out there. He's been with AEW from the start that is going to have to be looking over his shoulder a little bit because, like, you got you got two contracts coming for the Revival. Um, You got... Or FTR or whatever they're going to be called. You have... The Revolt... Well, I think they're going with FTR because they were getting sued over the revolt. Why? Um, so I think they're calling themselves FTR. Um, but they have, you know, they're they're coming. Uh, you got EC3 out there potentially coming. You've got uh, Zack Ryder out there. Reading about AEW a lot last night. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, it's it's going to get competitive uh, quickly for some of these roster spots, and AEW just needs to be really. Uh, well, for one thing, I think they're going to be really loyal to certain people who chose AEW from the start versus re-signing with the WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's going to be a lot of tough decisions to be made um, as far as, you know, they only have the one show uh, a week, Dynamite, and then they have Dark, which is kind of an extension of that. Yeah. That many roster spots available, there's talent available. There's got to be careful about not overloading it too much with, like, quote-unquote WWE talent. And yeah. doing to push their homegrown people who've been there from the start that have, that have been performing at a high level. Um, so Completely I, I, agree. we're in for really interesting times right now. For sure. Like you said, I, I just, this is really interesting. They, they, they brought it last night, man. They really did. I am so happy with the way this pay-per-view turned out. Yeah. I am just so happy. Um, before we wrap the show up and talk about sponsors and all that stuff, I know you wanted to talk about something at the top of the show that we saved for, yeah. for later. So, go ahead obviously, as we know, Hanakamura, she tragically, um, her life ended. Um, while I, I want to be respectful, we don't know what the actual reason was, but before she had passed away, she had tweeted about... Um, a lot of cyberbullying going on, and um, like it's just it's heartbreaking. She was 22. I mean, you see 1997, and your heart just sinks. It hurts a lot, um, and I feel like this should be a huge wake-up call to anyone that thinks they're being smart and fucking clever for sending out edgy tweets. There's a difference between sending out an edgy tweet and just being a fucking asshole. 
if you see someone, if you're trolling someone just to kind of be silly, and you see them not taking it well, fucking stop. Stop it. You are literally committing a fucking crime. Someone lost their life. One life lost, that's too fucking much. That's way too much. A mother lost her daughter. A fan base lost their idol. A company lost one of their rising stars. People lost one of their friends, their supports. People looked up to her. She had a future, a bright future ahead of her. She lost her life because all of you fucking asshole trolls decided to be fucking clever and go tell her cruel things, and she took it to heart. And she actually did it. That's fucking horrible. You should be ashamed of yourself, you should be prosecuted, and you should be taking accountability for your fucking actions. I hope to God that you learned your lesson. I pray to God that this taught a bunch of people to wake the fuck up. I'm tired of this shit. This is supposed to bring us together. This is not supposed to divide us. There's a difference between a fucking healthy debate and being just a fucking asshole. And I don't have time for fucking assholes. I have a fucking family that loves me. I have friends that love me. I don't have fucking time to deal with fucking assholes on the internet who don't give a shit about me. And look what you've fucking done. Look what you've done. This is inexcusable. This is unnecessary, inexcusable, and I'm done. And what I hate is when people tell me to just ignore it or just to get off Twitter. Just get off Twitter. So you're telling me you're telling me not to give up, but then you're telling me to give up on Twitter. That makes no sense. When you tell me to ignore it, well, yes, I get it. We don't want to give them attention. To say just ignore it means to completely invalidate my feelings and my emotions for what these hurtful, horrible people are saying. So now instead of instead of us giving these trolls attention and going after them, we need to give the people that are hurting from these words more love and support. I feel like if you are being bullied on the internet, I feel like you should reach out and say, hey, listen, this person said this, and it's really hurting my feelings, and I'm having a hard time dealing with it. I feel like that's perfectly okay. I don't feel like that's giving attention to a troll. I feel like that's asking for support. And I'm fucking done. I'm fucking done with this. I don't want another person to lose their fucking life over this shit. And I'm going to tell you firsthand, I've been this close. I've been this close. Luckily, thank God, I have a support system, and I can open up for help when I need it, and I can take a break. But Hannah, it's her career. She had to see it all the time, and tragically, she lost her life because of this. I mean, it's a, it, it looks like that. I'm not going to say it for sure because I don't know, but it looks like that, and it needs to stop. And I'm not going to stand for it anymore. And I, and I, I just, I my heart... My and my soul goes out to her family and her mother and her fans and her friends. It goes out to all of them. And I am so deeply sorry for your loss. And I am so sorry that horrible fucking people told her something that was completely false. And she went with it to the extreme. And she lost her life. And we will never get it back. Ever. So I hope if you are a troll, hate watching this for some stupid fucking reason, go do something better with your time. Please. Go learn a new language. Go learn a skill. Because you know what? Learning a skill will make you more clever and smarter, and you won't have to resort to being a fucking dick. And that is all I have to say. Well, that was, uh... 
think he, I think he covered it all. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's terrible. I don't really don't know what else to say other than, like, it's a great example of why I think anonymity <gasps> on the Internet is a bad thing in a lot of cases. Um, because I think that a lot of people wouldn't say these things if they were not anonymous on the Internet. Um, they would actually have to be held accountable, held accountable. you know, by name. Like, you would, mm-hmm. who is, because if, if I, if I bullied somebody, you know, out on the street or something, and I was identified, you know, like, people know it was me, you know, and that's, and I think, I think people get way too comfortable with the internet, like, they just, they, they think what they're saying is just, I mean, they're, I have to admit, I'm all for a good troll, like, I, mm-hmm. yeah, right, but, like, I'm not for trolling people and, like, the threatening their lives or, or, trying to force people into taking their own lives and stuff like that. I have no, there's no enjoyment I could possibly get out of a scenario where I'm the reason somebody's harmed themselves. Like that's awful. It's terrible. It's awful. The worst thing you can do. Um, what I do wish is obviously I wish all that ended, all that kind of stuff just ended completely. But like, I also wish people like in her position, I know, and I know it's easier said than done depending on who you are. I a hundred percent, but like, I wish she could have just, just blocked those people and just forgotten about it. I know that's so much easier said than done, depending on who you are. I get that. But like, that's, that's worth for like a charm for me. Like I mm-hmm. yeah. shit about me sometimes block. on Twitter and I, I just block them. And the way that I look at it is I don't know these people one way or another. They can sit there all day and talk. Right. I've, I've blocked people who then screenshot that I've blocked them and then tweet it. Brag about it. Like- and then, yeah. And then somebody else will like message it to me and be like, Hey, so and so is showing that you blocked him and still talking shit, and like I can't even see the message anymore because like I blocked him. But like I, but then, but guess what? Like they say a bunch of shit and then like they drop it the next day because I'm not, yeah. I'm not reacting to it at all. I'm just, I'm done. You, you said something stupid. I don't know you one way or another. You could hate my fucking guts. You could want me dead, but I wouldn't know because for one, I can't see your tweets. For two. I don't know you. I don't know who you are. I don't know your name. I don't know what you look like. I mean, I, you know, so it's one of those things where I wish more people could just like block out that shit and just like go on with their lives because it's, because what other people are saying about you doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't fucking matter at the end of the day. If you like yourself and like, you know, you're the people close to you, whether it's family or friends or whatever, like if, if you have good relationships with those people, that's all that really matters to me is like that I'm, yeah. me and my friends get along me and my family gets along if I don't know you I don't really give a fuck what your opinion of me is um but once again like that's me um I could have a different mindset and what, what, everything hold on, said hold on. about me could mm-hmm. hold on my audio just changed weird hold on my audio like just totally went out there we go. Okay, sorry. Nice. Yeah, I was just saying, I like, but yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not all people. Everyone's gonna react to this stuff differently. Like yeah. some people that like they would take like her. Like she took what people were saying to heart. She heard it enough times. She was 22. When I was 22, I, I was emotional about that stuff too. And thank you, DeAndre, and I think Ahmed. All thank you so much for your super chats. I was kind of like, I had tunnel vision. I was very upset. Um, so we appreciate so much. Can't stand cyberbullying or any type of bullying. It's just not right. Thank you. Jesse emotional because she knows the feeling. Yeah, I do. Not to the same extent at all. Um, I don't want to make this about me. 
but I just wanted to say that just to show you guys like why I get so emotional about it. Um, but thank you so much. But it's it's true, and you know what I think needs to happen. Here's what I think needs to happen. I think that whether it's an HR service or something, these companies with these people that have these social media accounts need to have someone that these people can go to to talk about this and get support for this kind of online bullying. Like, I feel like there needs to be a safe space for these wrestlers, professionals in any profession, really. I mean, I'd love to see it happen, like, for everyone, where you have a place to go, like an HR, if you're getting hate and say, hey, man, this really bothered me, like... And they can weed out if it's a credible threat. They can do something about it. They can have, like, a direct line with Twitter or any social media platform that they're getting hate on and say, hey, listen, I know this is probably not going to go through your algorithm to be suspended. A, I don't think that that Twitter should notify people when their tweets have been reported because I've seen people brag about tweets that are horrible shit about me get reported and it shows it got reported and then they get a result saying oh we didn't find anything wrong with your tweet and then they go with that to troll me more so um that too but i there needs to be some kind of support system for the wrestling community just everybody i feel like there needs to be some kind of place where people can go to to um to deal with this stuff because it's really hard to deal with alone yeah yeah, I'm with you. And I saw um, somebody, I saw it earlier, the chat's moved too much since, which is great, actually, that people are, are as involved as they are that I'm missing stuff. But uh, I saw uh, someone saying something about, like, Stephen, not everybody's as strong as you are, like, when it comes to that stuff, like, you know, it really affects some people. And I, I totally, totally agree. That's why I was saying, <clears throat> you know, if it was, if, that, that's why I was making it clear, like, that's how I look at it, but everybody is going to handle this stuff differently. So, like, I'm not I'm not unsympathetic to it. I just, I'm just saying from my perspective, I wish she could have just locked those people out of her life and just, like, you know, like, it would be great if there was a way to just, you know, just not deal with, with mm-hmm. you know, and, but I think that's a great idea what you just said. Like, if there was a place for people to come to, you know, if they're being cyberbullied or whatever, because, because that's a whole, that's a whole thing that would take way too long to talk about with, like, just social media mm-hmm. in general, but, like, you know, as long as, you know, Twitter is, like, clearly stating in, like, their guidelines, like, you cannot, you cannot cyberbully people on our platform, which I think has been made pretty clear by them, is, like, okay, if we see you cyberbullying people, especially if an incident happens based off of it, we're going to investigate it, we might even get police involved and, like, do a legitimate investigation, yeah. and you are going to be held liable. Like, if we find out the IP address where this tweet came from and, like, you are saying, you know, I hope you kill yourself or kill yourself, like, whatever you're saying, if you're saying something threatening, if you're, like, you should be held responsible for it. There should be... Absolutely. You should not be anonymous saying those kind of things to people. Um, granted, that is kind of what the internet exists based off of, was, like, kind of an- anonymity and, like, being able to kind of do what you want, kind of the Wild West without much rules, but the more that the internet becomes ingrained in our society and, you know, everybody uses it. Everybody's got it on their phones. You know, everybody carries a phone at this point. And mm-hmm. they just can't really be ignored at this point. Like there's, there's even, I mean, I'm sure you remember like back in the day, like you like revenge porn, like when that was happening, like well, that's illegal, but it wasn't before. No, it wasn't. Now it is. Like, it used to be totally legal. Um, the guy, mm-hmm. who, I mean, Hunter Moore was like the face of it all. 
Mm-hmm. That dude was publicly talking about it all the time. He's like, I know it's fucked up. I know I'm ruining people's lives, but there's no laws against it. I'm making a ton of money doing this. And now it's completely illegal and you serve jail time on it. It's a felony. But but that's what that's what needs to happen with all these platforms is like, okay, there was no precedent for some of this stuff before, but we need to make precedent precedent because there's things happen often enough now where like there has to be some sort of protocol of like, you know, if we if we prove that you were bullying people online, like it you can't do that on our platform. And then the no. um, the punishment can vary, you know, you know, depending on what was said and stuff. So like I I'm with you. There needs to be accountability and it's just it's terrible to see a, uh, a young life lost so such a, not just because she was as talented as she was, but just the fact that anybody losing their life over, you know, it's mm-hmm. worst awesome. case scenario. It sucks. Yeah. And um, before we get to our sponsors, we did have another super chat um, from Ahmed. Shout out to Corey. You've been great, bruh. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Corey. Corey is always in our chats. He's a great mod. He's always giving us fun matches to watch on Twitter always giving us a really positive message, always sending us support. And Corey, you deserve the same support and appreciation and love as well. Um, I, I appreciate you so much and thank you for everything that you've done for us. Yeah, I really, uh, Corey, just piggybacking on that, I uh, I like the stuff you, uh, you tag us in because I was a big fan of a lot of this stuff as well, like the PWG stuff and it, it's like they're, they're cool uh, blasts blast from the past, you know, like just <clears throat> the other day you sent uh, something about uh, Paul London and Brian Danielson when they were doing the, the Swarm promo from PWG, which is one of my favorite promos ever. And I hadn't watched it in a long time. so I, uh, Or even the, the six-way uh, match where you sent the end of the uh, the triple shooting star press and stuff from uh, that PWG six-man. Like, I, mm-hmm. I appreciate the stuff that you... Uh, I appreciate, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate everybody in the chat and we're getting more and more super chats as, as we go. So I don't want to, I don't want to miss any of these super chats. Thank you so much for this. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I'm going to start with Jay Ro- Rojas. Uh, AEW has been doing amazing with dynamite. I don't care about rating comparisons, but what do y'all think uh, is going to get AEW past one and a half, basically one and a half million again. Uh, what do you think, Jesse? Where, where do you, what do you think AEW would need to do to get higher ratings? Um, I just think with time, I feel like you can't rush something like that. Rome wasn't built in a day, as they say. Um, I feel like what they're doing now is great. I feel like what they're doing um, is establishing themselves as an alternative to other bigger brands. Um, I don't feel like it's something they need to rush and push because then it would feel um, inauthentic. So I feel like they just need to keep, keep on keeping on. I mean, I feel like it'll get there. I feel like you have to really establish yourself as a consistently great product. And uh, I really do feel like they'll get there eventually. Um, Don't know when, I don't think it'll be overnight. I don't think there's one certain thing that they could do. I think it's, it's a, it's a, it's a collection of things and uh, they're doing it right so far. So that's what I think. Yeah. I think they need to stay the course. I think they need to, like I said earlier, I think they need to be smart about their future hires uh, in comparison to their current roster. Um, if they put together the right roster, the right mixture of uh, homegrown stars that they push and build themselves and a mixture of, uh, you know, well-known names from other major promotions, you know, mainly WWE, but they're also going to over time get probably stars from new Japan and 
uh, you know, people from Ring of Honor or just like the indies in general. And there's, there's a, basically the, the more they can keep putting that roster together, they already have a great roster, but there's going to be some key signings. I feel like uh, very soon, if they haven't already been signed, we'll be seeing more people popping up on television soon. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, even like Brian Cage, you know, like he basically made the majority of his name, he made an impact and, you know, he was a, mm-hmm. a top guy in Impact. Now he's looking like he's going to be a top guy, at least initially, um, in AEW. One thing that I think is worth really uh, keeping in mind is that AEW runs on Wednesdays, and obviously so does NXT. Yeah. And I don't know what ratings to, like, really expect as far as... Um, like, I don't know how many people just in general are kind of programmed to even watch wrestling on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it would be very interesting. Um, I know it's still really early on, and I know it has not worked in the past for other companies, mainly Impact Wrestling, and obviously WCW. But I, if I'm AEW, I am strongly considering running against Raw on Monday nights. Be- Ooh, yeah. Because WWE is ripe for the for the picking right now it's the ratings are low the interest is low the roster seems on fridays well i don't even well smacked well here's the thing i don't i really don't even just want to i mean i'd watch AEW because i'm a fan but even when i know smackdown's on on fridays i still opt to really not even watch it i just i just don't care about the show right now um yeah watch AEW over over smackdown but i think that I think that Monday, I mean, forever has been established as the night for wrestling since the mid nineties. True. Monday night, Monday night raw, WCW Nitro for a very short time. You had impact wrestling. You know, there's, I think Monday night is a, is a prime night for professional wrestling. And I think that WWE fans, people who mainly watch WWE might not pay really any attention to AEW. I think those people would be really, really surprised with how split I think the fan base would be on Mondays immediately. Yeah. I know if there was 3 million people watching Raw, and obviously it's been much lower than that lately. Ooh, it's been bad. But if, let's say that there was 3 million people watching Raw, I think AEW could get around a million of those people to jump. I really do. I think that right off the bat, there would be immediate interest in wrestling fans who are already watching AEW. Like, a lot of the AEW fan base, I think, would jump immediately. Oh yeah, but Jay made a good point. You wouldn't he would never want to go against Monday Night Football. That's very true. That's very true. Um and I don't know how you combat that other than maybe you seasons different. Well cuz well they even used to have a problem uh for years for like a, at least a decade, maybe longer. Um Raw used to also have to account for the uh, the dog show once a year. That's right. They would air on that, that on USA instead of Raw. Um, maybe you work around that. Uh, I don't know exactly how 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 you combat that, but that is a very very valid point. Monday night uh, Monday night football absolutely hurts wrestling ratings, but that's also only part of the year too. So mm-hmm. you know it's you know it, it, it depends, but I. I don't know. I feel like that would be a big step for because that's the thing. It would either be a huge step for AEW to be able to do something like that, or it could potentially kill the company. It would be a, a humongous. Yeah, thing. yeah. But it but now now would be the best time. I mean, sometime soon because, like I said, I I don't. I literally at this point I turn on Monday Night Raw out of strict uh, habit 
Like, I rarely pay attention to the show anymore. I just kind of have it on in the background. I have two screens in my living room, so I usually just have that on mute on one of them, and I'm just doing whatever on the other screen or, or you know, or reading a good book like this Ken Shamrock yeah. by Jonathan Snowden that I just got the other day. Um, incredible stuff. So there's a... Yeah, I feel like I, I, I'm just kind of overwatching Raw at the moment, and but I, that doesn't mean I'm overwatching wrestling on Mondays. I just I want to I want a fucking alternative, and AEW mm-hmm. provides a great alternative for me. Um, I just have to wait till Wednesdays to watch it. But if they ran a show on Mondays, I would. If I could only watch one show, if I didn't have multiple screens and all these other options, I would literally just choose watching AEW over WWE in any scenario right now. Um, mm-hmm. So. uh so that's that's where I'm at. But that was a great question. I don't I don't know what AEW does on Wednesdays to really get the ratings higher, other than just doing what they're doing, like you said. Word of mouth. But that mean, but it's been reported, you know, plenty of times that that AEW has been basically asked to do a second show. Mm-hmm. They're gonna do one. I think the pandemic kind of ruined it for now. Yeah. But, but when's that second show gonna be? I mean, I keep I keep a Wednesday show and. That other show, I mean, if if it's me, I'm going, I'm going head to head with one of the WWE shows. I'm either going head to head with Raw or head to head with SmackDown. Um, I'm not avoiding them. I, I yeah, right after them. Um, I wouldn't do that in the past because it would have been too too risky and WWE is too powerful. But at the moment, WWE, I mean, the interest is just so low and the shows yeah. so oh, not I, good. I read watching it. Yeah, there's like a couple high high points, and the rest of it is just like I can totally take it or leave it. Um, mm-hmm. AEW, I feel like I'm missing out. I get FOMO. Like if I miss AEW, I feel like I've missed something important. Yeah. So. Sorry, I'm not that's how I feel. Awkward yeah. unicorn. I saw that she was leaving the chat. I've actually got a shout out for her, so she's probably gonna miss it. But uh, I uh, I have her YouTube ready, pulled up to show everybody. Um. But yeah. I guess now's a good time to let everybody know if you have any... Oh, wait, there's another super chat that we... There was? Uh, from DeAndre, if you want to read that. $10. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, DeAndre. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse and Steven and Corey. This chat and you guys have been... High five, high five, high five, high five, hundred, hundred, hundred. Thank you. I appreciate that. Is that the one? And then... Um, yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. Cool. Woo, okay. So sorry about that. I completely missed it. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Everybody in the chat today, man. Yes, if we miss your super chat for some horrible reason, yell at us, please. Yes. Um, (laughs) And this is a great segue to just let everybody know. um, We're starting to wrap the podcast up today. Um, The thumbs up, the likes help out the algorithm a lot on YouTube. Helps other wrestling fans find the show. Uh, recommends it to other people and stuff like that. Help kind of grow our little community of wrestling fans here. So um, it takes no time at all. It's totally free to just hit that like button. Helps us out a lot. Um, DeAndre with another super chat says, I'm going to dip. Thank you guys. And Jesse is amazing. I agree. Thank you so much. And so is Steven. And everybody's amazing. Thank you so much, DeAndre. Thank you so much for being a part of this. We appreciate it so, so, so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Really appreciate it. Yes. And he sent that right as I was about to say. Like, if you have any last-minute chats, anything that you want us to know or to read out loud or 
any questions that you want us to dive deep on before we get off the show, um, I'm going to read out about our sponsors right now and get any last-minute super chat in during that. I'll talk about our sponsors. Jesse's going to talk a little bit about stuff she's got going on. And then when we're done with that, we will knock out any super chats that are left before we go off air. Um, so as far as our sponsors, this isn't a sponsor, but this is somebody I shouted out on the last podcast. And I'll give her another shout out here because she wanted a, uh, she had won essentially a prize from the podcast, but I can't physically get it to her because of where in the world she lives. Um, but she has a YouTube channel, so check it out. Um, just go to Awkward Unicorn. And she has, uh, you know, there's like Fortnite gameplay and stuff like that. And yeah, a bunch of stuff on there. It's really cute editing. You really like it. Or I do. Yeah. 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 Very, very well edited. Um, and she's a big supporter of the show. So um, I wanted to make sure to tell people about her YouTube channel. Because like I said, I, I wanted to send her a prize uh, that she had won recently. But physically mailing it to her is an issue, especially right now. Um with what things are going on in the world, obviously it's a little bit of an issue sending stuff. So, um, so yeah, check out Awkward Unicorn's channel and thank you to Awkward Unicorn for supporting the show. Um, also, thank you to WrestleRumble.com for supporting the show. The WrestleRumble.com Pick'em contests are currently not open because there is not a show that they're doing one for at the moment, but I've talked about it before. Um, there is a huge giveaway happening on WrestleRumble.com Pretty soon, I'm not allowed to say the date, and I'm not allowed to say the prizes, but uh, the prize list is insane. It's probably the best giveaway they've ever done, and I'm like that. Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, it's uh, and they've done some incredible giveaways over the years, and this is uh, this is up there. So just keep your eyes open and your ears keep your eyes peeled and your ears open, I should say. Um. And, you know, just yeah. WrestleRumble.com, uh, go on Twitter, give them a follow at WrestleRumble to stay up to date with all their contests. Also, shout out to Brian Jensen. This is my brother. He is a part owner of Steel Boxing and Athletics in Atlanta, Georgia, small gym here in Atlanta. Uh, he also does uh, Parkinson's Foundation work. Uh, he can help you get in better shape, reach your goals, learn how to throw hands. You know, if you compete at an amateur or professional level, he can help corner you, train you all that stuff. Even if you're a professional wrestler and you just want kind of some different stuff, like if you're looking to improve like what your striking looks like in the ring, Brian can help you with that kind of stuff too. So um, make sure to hit him up on Instagram at BoxingATL. That's B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. Here's a couple examples. See, he's got a, this is a police officer that he trains. Yes, I saw this. I love this. Yep, that guy hits hard too. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, this guy is a legitimate... Police officer, obviously. Current police officer, my brother trains the guy, just keeps him in shape, helps him fight the bad guys. Um, also, you know, if you don't want to be inside right now because of the pandemic, you can meet you out in a park. Pretty simple, right? If you're not able to meet him in person, he'll help you online. This is him with some Parkinson's patients. He's helping him over a webcam. So... He can help you out. He can help you reach your goals. Just follow him once again on Instagram at BoxingATL. And thank you to Brian for being a part of the show. And lastly, I have Heroes and Legends. Um, they are a professional wrestling memorabilia company that has like autographs, DVDs, uh, old programs and magazines and figures and all that kind of stuff. Uh, make sure to follow them on all social media at HL Pro Wrestling. 
and they do uh, giveaways and stuff like that. Like they had Francine on a recent episode or a recent giveaway, um, or I shouldn't say giveaway, live auction. Um, so they they're involved with wrestlers. They do conventions. Uh, really nice people. They'll do fair business. Uh, so once again, thank you to Heroes and Legends Pro Wrestling Collectibles for being a part of the show. And make sure to follow them once again on all social media at HL Pro Wrestling. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore. That's F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. I will be recording the Fightful Select Weekender podcast for Fightful.com uh, pretty much right after this, talking Impact Wrestling, uh, Ring of Honor, NWA, the Indies, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, I still do video editing for MMA on Point and whatnot. So, so yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Fight Talk underscore. Yeah, I was trying to right point now to for it. Me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I try to keep everybody updated on the stuff that I do. Um, the best place to stay up to date with that kind of stuff is just follow me on Twitter, Fight Talk underscore. Jesse, what do you have going on? Um, well, if you guys ever want to make sure that you get a notification, like a push notification from YouTube about us going live, you'll get a reminder 30 minutes before, um, just subscribe, hit that subscribe button and hit the little bell. So you never miss a video and you can get notified when we go live and you can join in in the chat. Um, so that's the best way. Please subscribe to the channel. If you feel like this is something you want to continue watching, I think I want to thank everyone so much for all of the super chats and the fantastic chat Our great mods. Our great regulars, such a fun chat, such a fun show. Really, really appreciate it. Um, obviously, uh, for me, the best way to contact me is to find me on Twitter um, at Jesse the Buckeye, J S S I T A G B U C K E Y E. However, the best way to contact me, to talk to me, and to see other fun, exclusive stuff is to subscribe to my OnlyFans. Uh, the link is right there in my profile description on Twitter. It's OnlyFans.com slash Jesse the Buckeye. J-E-S-S-I-T-H-E-B-U-C-K-E-Y-E. Um, I try to answer DMs every day. I've answered, I've literally not taken a day off on OnlyFans since I started. There's never been a day where I haven't been on there responding to people, getting requests done. Um, I've been super, 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 super busy these past couple weeks. So I haven't been able to get there as much as I'd like, but I'm there every day for it hours answering messages so please if you want to go there that's the best way to directly support me um it's onlyfans.com slash jesse the buckeye i do have a papa john's pizza co which we forgot to mention last time but that's okay it's j-e-s-s-i-2-5 and that's 25 percent off your regularly priced online order and you can use up to 100 times until the end of the year um I think that's it. Just subscribe, like this video if you feel like this was something you liked. Uh, OnlyFans, Twitter, Papa Bless. Yes. Yes. If we ever, uh, I know you have like a graphic made at some point for the for the Papa John's. If we make a little uh, graphic code, I can have that like running. Oh, okay. As well, like with like the sponsors and stuff, those little images that I have all. Yeah. Past. I can do that. Yeah, we'll try to get something so I can display that. Uh, display that code. Um, but yeah, this has been a great, great show. Um, yes, thank you so much, everyone. Yeah, I uh, don't know what to say. Feel very fortunate. Uh, we really uh, a lot of super chats today. A lot of uh, a lot of um, activity from the chat as far as just people in general just talking and everyone staying positive. I mean, this is this is what we are striving to do. Like this is the whole point of us doing these live chats. 
Um, no bullying, you know, trying to stay positive. Even though I might get negative about certain things about pro wrestling, at the end of the day, I'm doing it because I love pro wrestling and I want pro wrestling to be better, just like everybody does. Um, mm-hmm. There's certain people I like, there's certain people I don't like. There's certain people, there's certain storylines I'm interested in, there's certain storylines I'm not interested in. But at the end of the day, I want, you know, I don't want anybody out of work. I don't want anybody getting, no. you know. So I, I really appreciate the, uh, the attitude people have had in, in these live chats and the activity we've had in these live chats, the support we've gotten through super chats, um, or even just people just saying nice stuff about us on Twitter and stuff. It's, it's all, it's all very appreciated. And, um, it's a big reason why we do these chats as often as we do. Um, we try to do them at least twice a week and we obviously put them out there for free for you all to watch. Um, so any support that you show continues to help the show be free for one, but for two, it's like, you know, if we weren't getting any feedback and no support, I don't know if we do the show because I don't know if people like if nobody if nobody cared and nobody wanted to watch it, like why would we spend our time doing it? So yeah. we we really 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 appreciate it. and it's great that we've been doing this such a short amount of time, and we're getting the amount of uh, support that we are. Um, I really can't say thank you enough to everybody oh, that's, so sweet. That's, that's been coming, and I mean it it means a lot. Especially yeah. we'll let the curtain a little bit too for anybody still listening. The the hardcore listeners that are still <laughs> the ad reads and everything. Um, I'm currently in the process of pulling back my workload at MMA on point. I'm still doing uh I'm still doing video editing and I'm still involved with their social media to a degree. But I've been uh between me and, and the mainly one of the owners of the of the channel uh, it's been a process lately for the last actually probably three months or so of basically training somebody to replace me on social media. And that was my decision. It was something that I, I, and part of that decision was because of things like this. I wanted more free time to try to branch out and do things like this podcast. And having episodes like we had today, the support we got today, and we've been getting it every episode. It isn't just, yeah. but today, today it's especially highlighted. Um, that I know I'm making the right decision. Um, I knew when I made these changes at MMA on point, I was going to take a financial uh, hit because of it. Um, but when things like this happen, it's like, I know I made the right choice because, you know, I, I, feel, I feel like we're doing something good. Whether we got no chats or a bunch of super chats, I know that people are enjoying the show and I'm glad that we're able to do this for y'all. Um, yes. And I don't feel like I'm, right. And I don't feel like I'm wasting my time. That's no. the big thing. I don't feel like yeah. I've given up an opportunity because I've been doing that stuff with MMA on point for like two and a half years. Like I'm basically giving up an opportunity, a job, basically a dream job that I, that I had to, to try to do something that I want to do even more, which is things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you all so much. Thank you, Jesse. Obviously this show isn't possible without you. Yeah, it was your idea. Yeah, it was my idea. And <laughs> people don't know, like we, we pitched this show to some outlets that, passed on it and that no i have no will will towards those people we were no. unproven show i mean i have my history of doing the stuff that i've done uh jesse has her history with the stuff she's done on youtube and stuff or on uh, youtube and twitter um and we felt like we had some sort of value in this space and while we're still a very very small show um you know i think that it's it started off very very well and i think we're only going to continue to grow continue to grow the audience uh, our little community and I'm very happy with my, at this point at least, I'm very happy with my uh, my recent decisions. In, in Me too. Um, 
so yeah, that's that's all I've got to say. But I'm very grateful uh, for those of you who uh, who are part of this show, and whether you're a fan or you're whatever, just thank you. Bless you, my children. Not my children, my my peers. Thank you. I think that's a perfect way to end it. Let's get out of here. I don't know. All right. Be back next. Uh, today is what Sunday, so maybe Tuesday or something like that. Um, yeah, Tuesday or Thursday or something. Yeah, we'll do like Tuesday or Thursday. If, the, if there's big news in the wrestling world, um, that's why it's so so important to subscribe to the channel and be following us on Twitter. And that's because some big news could break tomorrow night for all we know. And if we're both available, we might we'll hit each other up. If we're both free, we might just jump on the stream. But you you wouldn't know that we're live unless you're subscribed to the channel or following us on Twitter because there's really no other way of knowing because we don't we obviously do not follow any kind of set schedule. So. Um, so yeah, we'll be yeah. sometime this week, at least once or twice more for them the week. So, uh, until then, everyone take care. Thank you all once again, very much. I very much appreciate everything. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we will see you on the next live chat. Live Bye. Profits. Live Bye. See you guys. Bye.